Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dead City Drive-In, the only podcast that's jollier than a bunch of semen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And we are the heads of programming in this here Dead City. And in this episode, decreed by the higher-ups, our bosses, the drive-in gods, we have been tasked once again to program a specially themed double bill for the ravenous hordes of mutants and madmen outside our projection room door. But we can't do it alone, Chris, so we have, as per usual, a special guest programmer to help us out. Welcome to the drive-in, our friend and neighbor, Nigel Sykes. Hi, how are you doing? (laughs) I am here. You're here! You sound excited! I am ready to go. I'm pri- I'm primed. Hey guys, I'm I primed. have a question I want to ask. I want to ask you guys if you've ever heard of this. Um because I have found out in the years of my life that I suffer from this very specific fear. It's called submechanophobia. What? The have you guys fuck? ever heard of this? I don't know what the fuck. That Let means. me guess. The pharmaceutical companies have come up with a specialized drug to help cure you of your submechanophobia. It sounds premature. It's more like a, a subreddit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Look, uh, submechanophobia is the fear Ooh. of submerged animatronics. Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. So the Jaws ride used to make you shit your pants. You have no idea. Every time. I'm, to this day. You ruined the Jaws ride for everybody that's, else. That's a whole other, yeah. Submechanophobia, yeah. guys. I suffer from it. Now, now let me, I, I need to be specific here. This is not, I'm not afraid of real sharks coming out of the water. Or real water. Or real octopi Flipping their tentacles all over the place. Brendan yep. is frightened of real machines. He's a I'm afraid man. of robot versions of those creatures coming after Wait, me or what? springing to life. There is something about a prone, dead, robotic thing just sitting there underwater. That doesn't make Not any moving. Sense. I love how people just go through and fucking split hairs on this bullshit. What do you mean? It sounds insane. Listen, listen, listen. I'm uh, afraid of underwater robots. Insane. Dude, it's, it is... Uh, uh, so I thought so I was... So do ROVs thing. scare you? What's an ROV? A remotely operated vehicle. It's a niche No, it's, it's, has, it's specifically Does Little Geek underwater. and Big Geek in the, the abyss scare what? you? Does what? Little what in the little abyss? Little Geek and Big Geek scare you. What is that? They're Those are little fucking robots yeah, in the abyss. Robots. No, not, not, not so much that. Look... Obviously, this stems from the fact that I saw Jaws when I was way too young. Of course. But it's... So a, it's Bruce it's, the Shark scares you. Bruce the Shark. Like a but mechanical... But not a great white. Right. It's not the actual animal. It's like the robot. So if I... Put it this way. Like, there is test footage of the Does Bruce Arco the Shark. Does Argo and right. Jason Jr. scare you? I don't know what the fuck that is. What is that? 
Those are the robots that Robert Ballard used to discover the Titanic. No, not those. So not those. So that's well, the thing. Yeah, you're talking about robot. No, no, it does. It, it does. It yeah. For me, it does. Robot. Now I will say about, yeah. that there is a, a submechanophobia. Technically, is any kind of mechanical anything that's submerged. So yeah, it could just be a sunken ship. It could be or my big ass submarine. It could be you. an <laughs> underwater factory that's been submerged. But or underwater factory, something yeah. submerged. How many underwater been... factories are there, Brandon? More than you. B- believe it or not, more than you realize. They're out. Really? They're this out is there. the thing. They're okay, so this is the point, guys. Listen up, because I this blew my mind. I thought for sure it was just me. Yeah. Now, there's a difference between being scared by the Jaws ride, but also just having this. Fe- I have this thing just happens in me, like a guttural, not guttural, a a, a visceral reaction visceral. when I see a robot underwater spring into action okay, or this, life. I can sort of see this. Yeah. It's really weird. I don't. I that like, is weird. I, and I know it sounds. It's one of the only thing that scares me. It really Can is. Can I please mock you for this? You've been doing it the whole time. I've been trying to talk well, about. I it. I want to continue doing it because honestly, it sounds fucking insane. To well, me. that's my truth, Chris. It well, is. Speak your truth, insane. and guess what? I will mock your truth. All it, right. It's insane. The thing is, is submerged animatronics are a reoccurring theme in uh, all of the movies I think that we've picked here tonight. But also, yeah. the other strange fear that not just is that specific okay that is again yes i agree it is highly subjective extremely specific thing to be afraid of very incredibly ira- look it's i they, they say irrational fears i understand the notion that like so i'm also i don't like i'm afraid of wasps okay but i'm afraid of wasps because you're catholic i was stung <laughs> 47 times on my legs when I was a child, I've been stung on the lips. Like so, at the same time? Yes. I had. I, you got stung 47 times. Jesus. At the same time. Yes. On your legs that's when a, you were a child. Yes. What the fuck were you doing? I that's jumped a, up and down that's on a wasp a gangbang. Board. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wasp gangbang. I'm yeah. just saying. Dude, you got pricked 47 I, times. I jumped up and down on a loose board out in my backyard the that fuck? there was a nest underneath and they all swarmed they stung me i 47 stings they'll do that thankfully i'm not allergic did you get stung in your genitalia i don't think so i I just remember it being my legs but look your third leg people so now when i see a wasp i still do the thing i'd like duck and cover i mean like i'm like an idiot when a wasp flies by me i freak out people laugh at me and they're like okay that's an irrational fear i don't agree it feels like a very rational fear yeah you're a 38-year-old bitch. Doesn't matter. But I do agree that an irrational fear is submechanophobia. There was swelling involved. It's incredibly specific, okay? Submechanophobia. But here's the deal. Listen up. There's also I feel like you can sense when the country starts to fear the same thing or Ooh. the world starts to fear the same thing. And one of the things that seemed to be happening in the late 80s <laughs> into the early 90s specifically was people started to be afraid of genetic modification this is true did you why this this is when your parents basically had to make the decision on whether or not you're going to be a boy or a girl right chris do you know all these movies again that we've picked here tonight for our double feature you've been trying to modify your genitals for years right are you fucking assholes listen to me are 
Look, the country. Why don't you just be proud with what God gave you the, and just, just move on to that instead of like trying to modify it all the time? Just like, you know, it. those stretcher things that you buy at the back of those porno magazines do not work, no. Brandon. They do not work. It's a scam. The special pills that you can get from those late night infomercials do not work. That stuff that you can buy yeah. at the gas station right when you're checking out, you know, and getting your gas, those don't work. Sometimes. It's bullshit, Brandon. Sometimes. <laughs> All right. You guys done? Are you done? No, actually, Are I, we? I think we I don't can know. keep on Listen, going. Listen, guys. Do you rem- remember when they cloned the sheep? Yes. Yeah, Dolly, actually. Yes, Dolly. A friend of mine's husband was responsible for that. Okay. Do you remember the terror that gripped the nation? The idea that, what, it, like, <clears throat> not since... Not until deep fakes has a terror yes. been felt so thoroughly in yes. the community. The Clone true. Wars. This is true. It was the right. first Clone Wars. There was a, a notion that if we can create things from scratch against God's will, <laughs> you know. That's why they call KFC KFC, because they can't legally call it chicken. Because oh, it's I, been genetically modified. I remember it's, that. I remember yes, that. Urban legend. I do remember. I also that. The, remember. I had a cousin. GMO too. chicken. My cousin used to say, "You understand? You know why McDonald's has 100 percent beef? That's their trademark because it's beef has an asterisk. It's a trademark. It's not really beef. It's McDonald's meat." And I'm like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah, they. It's sentient. They breed all these like headless. What, you would expect to be chickens, but they're like they don't have feathers on them and stuff like that, and they grow them on farms. It's but living genetic. It's um, like the Matrix. Genetic tampering. <laughs> they're all food batteries. Was the rage right? So we had That's a. True. There's, I mean, there's no shortage of science fiction. Yeah, it's the no. 1990s and 2000s version of the fucking atomic freakouts that they had in the 1950s. That's yeah. right. You know, there was also and ignorant again, asses. True. There's another fear, one last fear I want to mention. Another fear. That uh, also occurs um, in, 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 but in a more specific region. And it would be. Like priapism or impotence, right? It would be, no. Premature ejaculation. I'm referring to um, the microcosm that is Hollywood and the fear of missing out. And that seemed to be a thing that was happening a lot. In the late 1980s. Missing out of what? yeah. The next big thing. Yeah. Oh, right. It's called a bandwagon. So, guys, I want to jump into this double feature, and I want to start it off with a little bit of history. What we have happening here is- Hold on a second. Let's let's go 1990s on this. We're going back in time, so we've got to go- And for all you fucks that don't realize what that actually is, that's from- Shrek. So it's like 1987, Coke. right? Somewhere Ooh, around 87. 87. Yeah. Let's, 87 just, let's just say we're around there. Yeah. The director of The Terminator James and Cam- Aliens. James Cameron. Two of the most surprising um, and exciting sci-fi horror films, action, whatever you want to call them, of the modern era. Can we say that? Like, Oh, yeah. I'll that's agree with that. pretty accurate. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This dude announces he's making a new movie. And his new movie is set underwater. Fuck yeah. Right on. Okay, so this is the late 80s. So nice. script wet. script leaks, they're not really a thing. Leaky because um, it's wet. The internet's not really a thing, but... Nets go in the water and they're wet. This is going to be a rough episode. It's, gonna be, it's, <laughs> it's been rough for be the last hour. Okay. We've only been doing this for like... Ten four, minutes! Ten minutes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I know how school teachers feel. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. 
So script spit it out, Brandon. Script leaks aren't a thing. The internet's not a thing. But pattern recognition is, especially in greedy, scared Hollywood, right? Yes. So these guys are probably thinking, like, we can only imagine what kind of spectacle the director of Aliens is going to give us. It's probably going to be scary as fuck. You can just you you can hear these meetings happening Underwater. behind closed doors. Yeah. Underwater. All right. The thing is, it's taking a long time for James Cameron to get this movie finished. Uh, he's called in the best... Well, there's uh, two S's in Abyss, so that means he could write down $2 signs. <laughs> when he does his pitch. Exactly. Um, so, but the, look, he, he calls in like the best FX techs that are out there. Um, obviously, yeah. we know that Steve Johnson is the guy that he got to do the effects for his movie. Yes. Yeah, but what about um, all the digital effects? The digital uh, ILM, right? Was it ILM? I think DreamQuest Images oh, did, did, is it did, Dream the, Quest? did the, model, the models and the miniatures. Yeah, okay. I think it was DreamQuest Images. Anyway, he's got the best people working so for him. But it's, Edlin, it, right? it's, I think so. it's top secret stuff. Um, so, again, these people are just like... That's Val Kilmer, right? Hearing about oh, yeah. this. <laughs> they're hearing about this, and they're like, you know what? Look, fuck Cameron. Uh, we're going to make our own mod- underwater monster movie, and we're going to do it faster. Yeah. We're going to do it cheaper. We're going to do it first. And bottom line is, even if we don't finish uh, before he does, yeah. uh, we're going to at least ride those the sweet Cameron coattails. It's the, it's the Corman way. Uh, so what happens is, is 1989 becomes the, this bizarre year of underwater it's, monster movies. It's the underwater, the wet summer of 89. nobody yep. seemed to know they wanted and probably ultimately didn't want. Probably um, didn't need, yeah. Gets me pretty wet. But here's the deal. So we had first out of the gate, the first thing we have is a uh, from career opportunist and uh, 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 rip-off extraordinaire, not Roger Corman. I'm talking, of course, about Sean Cunningham. Of course. Oh, of uh, course. Friday the 13th. Yeah. And he jumps out with Deep Star Six, which is in January of 1989. I love that movie. Yep. Do you? I actually do like that yeah. movie. Why didn't you pick Deep Star Six yeah. for your... For your paired movie tonight yeah, it then. just seemed kind of like an obvious like choice obvious. with like you know some of the other choices that were being thrown out here for this movie personally i'm glad you didn't choose it because as far as as far as i'm concerned <clears throat> deep star six the best moment in that movie is when miguel ferrer oh of course miguel ferrer he is the best you know, thing about his, that uh, movie. decompression yeah is the best part of that movie yeah. and that's yep. like there's like 10 minutes to go although at that matt point. mccoy getting bitten in half is pretty, good pretty too. great well, that's, yeah. that's never been that fucking old school was it gym suit yeah 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 um, so creature designed by Chris Wallace. Is it Chris Wallace? I always thought I, Mark Showstrom. I, I, I thought it was Chris Wallace. I could be wrong. I I could be wrong because I'm drunk. Believe Mark Showstrom was responsible for something. Ooh, in that should movie. we ask it could the be. magic box? It did, I, nah, I, nah, I, nah, 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 fuck okay. the magic box. Because I remember it did roar, like it did roar. I remember that. Yeah, like but it, we it haven't it chosen like a, Deep Star Six, so I don't want to dwell yeah. on it too much. The fact yeah. of the matter is that's the first one out the gate. Yeah, but. It's now March. And it also had Tom Bray from fucking Riptide in there, too. Oh, and, Greg, and Greg Evigan. Oh, and Greg boy. Evigan, yes. Father of Brianna Evigan. Okay, okay. And, and Miguel um, Ferrer, of course. Miguel Ferrer. Matt yeah. McCoy. Uh, Nancy, really what's her name? Or Kerrigan. No, not Nancy Kerrigan. Was it Nancy Cart? Pelosi. No, not Nancy Cartwright? Pelosi. Cartwright. Was it Cartwright? Reagan. Nancy Reagan. Reagan? <laughs> Nancy Reagan Nancy is Reagan. the star oh, of right. Team Star 6. Well, it was 89, so, right? right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. But March 1989 comes around. And March. we've got a wild roller coaster movie, and oh, I don't want to yeah. jump the gun, but Nigel, fuck yeah, you have chosen a movie for this evening's double feature. What it, movie is that? My pick is the 1989 epic underwater romp. 1989 romp, yes, directed like by that. George P. Cosmatos, Leviathan. 
It was an experiment that tampered with nature's most basic laws. It went terribly wrong. It was buried five miles down. Now, a crew of undersea miners is about to stumble upon this terrifying secret. Shack to seven. What's going on out there, Williams? My God, are you picking this up? Look at that. Leviathan. Currently with the Russian fleet in the Baltic Sea. Currently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. What's your air reading? 20 minutes. Do something quick. Boston, my crew's in jeopardy. But you have no proof. I'm ordering you to start an emergency medical evacuation. What if it turns out to be nothing? Oh, it's already killed one man. Finally, please stop. I'm losing compressed. I can't breathe. Whatever got six-pack in Bowman, it's still here. I feel something. Somebody's alive in here. What's going on? Six-pack. Six-pack, answer. It absorbs the intelligence of its victim. Thank goodness you're still alive. When are you coming? I say we protect ourselves. Father of Panos. Yes. Yeah. Father of Panos come at us. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> the guy that directed a, or was supposedly directed supposedly. Uh, Tombstone. That's right. Co co-directed co in air quotes. Well, yeah. George George was known as a director who would um, Share be there for his star. Let's yeah, just put exactly. it that yes. way. Yes. So, yes. Kurt so, Russell wants like, to make Sylvester Tombstone. Stallone. He in was Rambo: yeah. First Blood Part Two. Right. Yep. Yeah. He was not afraid to let other people take the reins. I guess is a good way of yes. putting it. He, um, in a way that that makes he is a great director, a yeah. true kind of craftsman in that regard, yeah. who just goes, look, look, look. I'm not making. I'm not an auteur. Yeah. I'm not making high art. I'm making movies for he, the masses. He wanted to entertain. And if Kurt wants well, let's to put make it this, this way, dude, if you're a guy on your resume that has Rambo: First Blood Part Two, Leviathan, yes. and Tombstone, that's not bad. And Panos Cosmatos is the fruit of your loins. I think you've done a service to Hollywood. You, you're already in the gate. Yes, yeah. definitely. No, yeah. he didn't do the gate. That was Canadian. That was that was. Yeah, that was. You can hear all about that in episode <laughs> season two. <Yeah. laughs> Check that one out, guys. It's we there. cover that gateway horror. Great yeah. episode. Yes. Um. So, all right. So George directed this movie. Who wrote this one? This was uh, uh, David Webb Peoples and Jeb Stewart. So David Webb Peoples was. I, I just want to say, by the way, Nigel, yeah. specifically, and spelled out Jeb Stewart, not an ampersand. So they did not so, write the script that's right. together. That's right. It was a rewrite. So basically somebody yeah. wrote it and then yes. rewrote Some, it. And yes. these are the two people that got credit. I imagine were, a lot of people it was had input on this it script. It was probably a committee of writers that that took a stab at it, I would think. But, uh, yeah. David I'm picturing Webb, Stephen D'Souza sitting yeah. there in that room. That was the it. era of D'Souza and, and, you know, yeah, I mean, basically... Uh, Cosmatos was a was really an action director. He had done uh, of unknown origin, which was a uh, a horror movie that he did with Peter Weller. Uh, that was uh, that had come out a few years earlier and Didn't it have rats in it. It had rats yep. in it. It had a rat in it. Um, and was so that he, rat's name Willard or Ben? It should have been. Or it should have been. I think his name was Todd. 
Todd. His it was name, just Todd. His name was uh, was Ralph, I think. Ralph. Ralph okay. Yeah, it was Crispin. It Did was he Crispin. ride a motorcycle? Crispin. Yes. Okay. No. And had like it a was, ping pong ball it for was, his crash helmet. I think it was Crispin. That was now. Was it that like was that George's first movie? No. Cosmanos had been around a while. He had done uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two, mm-hmm. which was co-written by James Cameron, or actually written by James Cameron, and he had done. Uh, a few other sort of like, uh, I guess you could say like thrillers, action, mostly action movies. Uh, but he had, he knew Peter Weller from from uh, of unknown origin, and he had done uh, one of the greatest comedy movies ever made, Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a one of the I don't best it's a, it's one of the greatest comedy movies ever. I it, love that movie. It is a, Why does he cut his pizza with scissors? Is it supposed to be fun? It's supposed to be funny. Yeah. It's supposed to be. Yeah. But it's I love he it keeps guys, his gun cleaning kit in a fucking egg cart. I yeah. love that it's he, like when people who takes don't a, have a sense yeah. of humor act yeah. like they have a sense of humor yes. and they put this kind of shit in their movies yes. and you're like, so, this is funny. And like, nobody's yeah. laughing, dude. That's not and funny. Brian Thompson, dude. I fucking love that it was, guy. It was incredible. Yeah, it was. It was Clang, clang. Yeah, it was, clang, it was clang. Stallone taking a beer like in the middle of a shootout and it was it was fantastic. So he had, so Cosmanos had. squad. Had, so Cosmatos had wanted to do, uh, 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 you know, like an action movie, like a horror movie, and he'd worked with Peter Weller, and they got together, and uh, he basically, basically Leviathan is... Oh, hey, why don't you read the synopsis oh, for let us? Oh, let me read, the, let me, oh, let me read the synopsis for you, because that will, that will clarify things. So this was released in 1989, and the synopsis is, Perched on the hull of a wrecked Soviet freighter, a team of deep sea miners comes face to face with a growing and vicious mutant creature that's the product of a failed genetic experiment and now stalks the mining base, hunting the crew down one by one. That's actually a really good synopsis. Oh, thank you. Now, that sounds exactly almost like Carpenter's The Thing. And there's a reason for that because it is basically Carpenter's <laughs> The Thing. It Wait, is the, the thing exact... was a failed genetic experiment. I thought it was from outer space. It, it was. A, that is. That that's is, why it's different. Greg. That is. That's why it's different because it was. It was uh, uh, an alien thing versus a genetic experiment. It took, oh, it took okay. twenty people so to come up with that. It why took, that's it, different? It took an entire platoon of writers to come up with the 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 nuances to make that different. Uh, but but. What what Cosmatis wanted to do was to make uh, a very entertaining underwater horror movie, and I think he did. I think he I think he succeeded. I think it's a very underrated uh, sort of like Friday night. It is. It, uh, so let me let, let me let me let me talk about this for just a second. the The idea of uh, uh, the the spirit of a drive in movie is a movie that is. Not necessarily something that you know you want to think about later. It is a a thing that yeah. you want to experience. Sure, in the moment. Yes, in, in the moment. Exactly, and and that I think was what Cosmatos was going for. And but and by the way, Nigel, to that point, like that's something that we have learned during the oh, yeah. course of the show. Yeah, that we people tend to want to gravitate toward. Yeah. 
the less intellectual choices and more toward the yeah, emotional, emotional response choices. Intuitive response. Yes. It, yeah. it, is, it is the difference between watching a movie and thinking about it later and watching a movie and experiencing it as you watch it. So, my, so like Hereditary, which is a uh, fucking right. wonderful, great film, can work either way. Actually, I guess Hereditary does yeah. kind of play for the 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 big the fences, doesn't like the. Well, what more could yeah. you ask for? The you big you could actually enjoy it in the moment, and then oh, also yeah. have something to chew on later. Look, yeah, yeah, you're right. Ooh, hold on a second. Well, the only dif- I've got some Hereditary in my teeth. <laughs> the only difference is, is Hereditary is a little too long for me. It's, but okay, it's pretty long. No, for a drive-in, it's, it's pretty long for a drive-in movie. Yeah, Brandon but, likes it a little bit shorter and stuff because it's a little painful. Yeah, yeah I like it, it shorter, thicker. short, short and sweet, yeah. thicker, thicker. Yeah, girth is more important yes. than length. We know, we we know. But so what? And you what, can come in me. I, you know, I I I, I already assume <laughs> okay. that. So oh, okay. yeah, I, I just got did. that face. That's that's <laughs> the, <You did. laughs> that's the that's what I assumed. To begin, that's your take. But away. what? What? Cause, so, Cosmatos came from a background of 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 more like action and sort of like thriller. Uh, of unknown origin was a was more of a horror movie, but but with Leviathan, he wanted to to do something that was a bit more immediate. What I would well, the call scales much different on that film too. Yeah. You've got bigger set pieces, yeah. you know, a larger cast, absolutely. You know, and yeah, it, it lots was, more effects that you're having to deal with. It was it was a much a much higher budget than a, a lot of maybe some of the other movies that were coming out in that. Do, do that, you know what the budget of this was? It, from what I the research I did, it was like twenty eight million. Damn for in that 1989 dollars. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Now, I don't know that figure uh, life that I found. I don't know if that I'm was. I'm not going to lie, though. If you changed. look at like a movie like Deep Star Six and you look at Leviathan, yeah. it's obvious that more money was huge spent difference. on Leviathan but than they huge did on Deep difference. Star Six. Yeah. But The Abyss was $43 million. Yeah. Well, the, and that was really rough for this. Like, they were like, the, the fuck. Ab- the Abyss That's was, a lot was, of money. The Abyss was rough. Yeah. It was. Well, you've also got a much better cast. I know, yeah. but no, not but, to say the cast on fucking Deep Star Six. I'm sorry. The cast on Leviathan, though. They're it's good. A pretty well, I know, cast. The, they're, they're look, good. the cast in the abyss is while we've got a at least one A lister. Absolutely, they're not big actors. No, Leviathan no. has a real ensemble so, of actors that you're like, what the fuck? It, yeah, he and him it's and that. Crazy. Yeah, it's it, maybe I that's mean, where the budget. Maybe the budget went to it, it cast. Could, it could be. Maybe. I mean, you had you had Ron Cobb as a production designer. Maybe you it had, went to Ron. Eh, fucking Ron Cobb. Ron Cobb Jesus. is like, no, that I'm guy. the one. Okay, hi, Ron yeah. Cobb here. Yeah. Um, uh, let me, uh, please, I have done my designs. He's done some designs. And I would really appreciate it yeah. if you did not have anybody else do these designs over for I me. want full Brandon. credit. Yes. Yes. Brandon? Uh, this is Rod. Bra- Hi. Brandon? Yes. I've got a question. Yes. Can I ask my question? Of course. Why does Ron Cobb sound like Lawrence Caston? Maybe we're the same because person. They're the same person. Chris, what you don't secret. know is that we're the same person. Surprise! It's a well-known oh. secret. <laughs> okay. So, so we've got gremlins in the other sea Gremlins world. and... <laughs> Underwater. Underwater Gremlins is a movie I've been trying to make for hundreds of years. I tried to get Spielberg to do it, and he didn't. He would what? He He had no interest in it. He was like, no, I'm I'm beyond that. He said, no, I'm I'm busy with A.B. Be an A.B. right now. We're trying to have a baby. I want to do Always. (laughs) It's a remake. This is so schizophrenic. Okay. So, so. I'm shocked at. The twenty-plus million-dollar budget. For that Leviathan. was a figure that I found on the Andrew tubes. Okay. I could be wrong, but I that's that's 
adjusted for whatever they adjust yeah, I think for. You need to tie your tubes. Yeah, for the for the yeah for the for the. Nigel, tubes. why is Leviathan a great drive-in movie? I so okay. So let's get into the meat of this thing. Uh, I think Leviathan. I watched uh, this movie when I was it was on cable, like in eighty nine ninety, and I think that it does things that other movies of that era don't do. Like Deep Star Six doesn't do this. Uh, uh, the Corman movie, uh, Lords of the Deep, doesn't do it. The Rift doesn't do it. There was a whole slew of yeah. underwater movies that didn't do this. And what I think uh, Cosmatos did so well was uh, sort of like dig into the 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 sort of pulpy comic book uh, house of mystery uh, uh, ideas of of uh, you know monsters and uh, uh, things of like things of the unknown, and he really sort of uh leans into and 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 sort of like embraces that sort of comic booky very comic I think very and I don't even know if he was like consciously influenced to do this but there are shots in this movie that look and it it reminds me very much of Romero's Creep Show where uh, there's a very conscious uh, uh, idea of of how things are framed and how things are presented to what you're looking at deep star six doesn't do can, this can i, I nigel yeah. i okay yes this is something I, i'm this is interesting to hear you say because yes. when i'm when i was watching it just recently yes. I, i'm just throwing this out there leviathan has never been a favorite of mine right what it just hasn't been what the I, fuck? I i have a weird ex- but, but yeah, yeah you yeah. lied to me uh. <laughs> I always thought you loved this movie. Pernicious, pernicious it's part of the liar. whole reason, the foundation of our friendship, and we've been living a lie for almost 20 years, you Brennan. Fuck you! You don't like Leviathan? What's no, but here's the, the thing. Like, So I rewatched it for this episode, and yes. my, I, I love it. Okay, Something sh- right. It shifted the other night, and what? I was like, no, 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 I love this. How long had it been since you'd seen it? Like, I would say like quite a while. Uh, two years. Okay. The last time I saw it, I was it just was a little too... It was always too yes. slow and boring for me. Yes. I guess I just wanted like monsters. Right. That's what right, I right, wanted. Right. So last night, or not last night, when I when I watched it recently for this episode, yes, I just I sat down with that of like, look, Nigel loves this movie. What what's my problem, I love it Nigel? So much. I think you and I park our cars in the same garage. I think because, we do. You know, we are I Gen we Xers. Do. We forget that Brandon. He's a millennial turd. He's a young whippersnapper. Exactly. And of course he has to have his his action and his yes. monsters but guys, I'm just, spoon I'm, fed to him every I'm 15 saying I seconds. Liked it. Nonstop. Oh, finally. Is it because you're maturing finally? I am growing as a man. <laughs> oh, you, yes. You now grew, you are a cabin man. You I grew am a into big it. boy now, you, you guys. You I'm a number it. one action okay. man. I okay. am. Okay. okay. All right, fine. You, look at these look at look at my bush. Look Je- at these pubes. Jesus. That is a man bush. Is look just, at that it is a man bush. That is just congratulations, I Brandon. I Welcome yeah. to the Man Bush Club. I can't unsee that. Now. That's trimmed. Jesus, oh I my. had to trim it. Oh Jesus okay. Christ! God. Anyway, you might so want to I... see somebody about that. That's a hormone problem, right there. That is a doctor's problem. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, they swelled up enough to where he's getting enough of the hormones that he needs. He was very proud of it too. That's the that's the disturbing. Yeah, part. That's true, and it's not weird that it's red. Nah, okay. it's fine. No, it's or it glows. Fine. I mean, it's like a glowing. It's fine. 
just ir- for the, and for the listener, if yeah. you ever have been to Disney World and you buy those um, things oh, yeah. that are like wands, but they have like a, a long, thin, uh, clear like fiber, stro- optic. fiber optic yeah, strands. Yeah, it's like a fiber optic. That's uh, basically what's happening in my crop. Brandon has it's a fiber incredible. optic bush. <laughs> it's incredible. You can see it from orbit. I'm just saying. It smells like burning plastic, too, which is yeah, weird. Yeah, that's off-putting. Anyway, stay away. I drank some vodka the tonight. Sign and something happened. Look, so... The rocket but, vodka. The, anyway, I'm staying on track but with this notion yep. because when I watched it the other night, yep. the the what started to turn into a criticism for me, oh, yeah. I am now kind of going, oh, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Because... It's actually a strength, Brandon. Well, it's weird. Be- now, let me... Do you guys, do you know, Nigel, do you know how this movie was shot? Was it shot? What? Do you know what the aspect ratio of this film was? It's 235. I could only find it on streaming on one, like, you know, 185. And the yeah. streaming is 16 by 9. Yeah. All right. So I noticed that when I watched it and I was like. So we're getting shortchanged. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, I wasn't it's sure. It's cut off. Yeah. It's 235. That, but what was kind of working in what yeah, you were but saying. That's a widescreen format there. And we're not It's not the same. To anim- yeah. If, if it, the movie is shot anamorphic. part of it, yeah. It doesn't c- just cut off. It zooms in. Yeah. So if a movie is shot anamorphic, yeah. but they're uh, changing the ratio for 16 by 9 screens, yes. you're, it's not even, it's not as bad as a 4-3 television. By the television. way, Brandon shoots all of his amateur porn in anamorphic. All which is it. very expensive. <laughs> all of it. Well, I'm, anyway, what oh, yeah. I was noticing when I watched it was the yes. 16 by 9 format framing. Yeah. And while I saw some like uh, weird, uh, not vignetting, but um, blurring on the edges of some shots, yes. it, it wasn't consistent. Yes. And so I was confused. I was like, wait, what? how was this shot? Right. But it it's never felt... pan and scan. It didn't. Yeah. At least it's not pan and yeah. scan. Yeah. But it never felt truly um, cinematic, like yeah. widescreen cinematic. Right. However, you saying what you just said yes. about... Uh, an hour ago about the uh, uh, <laughs> way back when the creep show vibe. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking specifically of Hector Elizondo's vagina hand. Absolutely, that that vagina hand. Let, let's talk about the vagina hand sequence. The vagina because, because dentata hand. The vagina dentata, which was a great album, by the way. Yes, uh, <laughs> that that that's a perfect example. Wait, of, Nigel, isn't vagina hand is a band? It's a band. They toured in Malaysia. They blew up. What was that? Uh, what was their hit single? Uh, it was much blowing, man, because it, basically that was the end of it, right there. It was Richard Crenna's Taint was one of the that big singles. That, that was, was the, the that was the big single. That was a ballad. That was a power ballad. Uh, they I, had a few other. Do you remember? Uh, um, they had a good hit song, a uh, Peter Weller fucks. Peter Weller fucks, which was a huge hit in Japan. Uh, of oddly course, enough. it was not oddly uh, enough. Robocop. They they did us. They it was like a hit single there. It was gigantic. It was huge. All right, so Hector Elizondo's so, uh, vagina. Hand. So so that's a perfect. What about example. Daniel Stern's pubes? Wasn't that like Dan- an EP? <laughs> that so they that did? was their demo. Daniel Stern's like a walking Me Too movement in this movie. But anyway, let's get. To, we'll get to that in a minute. But. So that's a quite a pair, yeah, quite a pair. Oh, quite a pair. So, uh, so what happens? There's a scene where Hector Elizondo's hand becomes mutated, and uh, I guess sort of like a vagina opening opens on it with teeth in it. So it's a mutation, right? And he showed that to Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. He showed that to Julia Roberts. She rejected it quite rightly. But Judge Reinhold in Beverly Hills Cop Three was all about it. He was all into it. He he dove right into that. So there's a scene where he got to be tough. (laughs) 
So there's a scene where he and Richard Crenna, who plays the really dubious doctor, who doesn't seem to, who seems like sketchy. They set in him up every like every way. Nigel, they set him up like he's Ash and Alien, right? But the fact, and they're like, he killed some right. people a long time ago. Yeah. But I love the twist that like. He's not a bad guy. <laughs> no, no, he's like he, he speaks he, Russian. He, he was drunk. He lost his medical license. He, he tries. He's, he's doing his best. He actually tries to save the human race by murdering everybody on the base. Yeah, he releases he the actually, escape but you're, pods. But you're right. He actually tries to do the right thing because he's he's like got this sketchy uh, uh, medical background. He's like Leviathan. You know what? Spike Lee joint. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's like he's like fuck it. I'm going to save everybody and fuck everybody on. So he's like the Wilford. Crew. Brimley in kind the thing. Of. No, he's not because Wilford well, Brimley is the thing. Wilford was like well, he, he wasn't always the thing. He just he, smashed up the radio because he didn't want. He, he was like half and half. half. He was like half and half the thing. But you couldn't trust him immediately. Yeah. What, what, you can't. Would trust you trust him. Wilford Brimley? I want to know something. It would have been him. much cooler if Richard Crenner during that one scene actually had like a noose hanging in the background <laughs> of the scene. It'd be so much cooler. Like I was, it, like was I there, was, it was there. It was there. It was just propped out for a sixteen say, okay. by nine. I was yeah. going to do it. By nine. Okay. I was going to do it. Makes it wasn't really. Yeah. So, so the way that that Cosmatos uh, uh, does this is, you know, it's it's like such a simple thing to show uh, a, a mutated vagina hand, you know, coming toward you. But the way that he frames this is, I swear, it's like a, a like a panel from like an EC comic. It, I'm it's with you. incredible. It feels it, kind of like a De Palma, like a split diopter <laughs> shot. The, the, vagina no. De Palma. Vagina, <laughs> vagina, it's, it's like undersea De Palma, okay? It's like it, the way that he frames it and the way that he lights it. Uh, Alex Thompson was, a, was the uh, cinematographer, who, okay. by the way, did won an, uh, was nominated for an Oscar for Excalibur and did uh, he did Alien 3 later, later on. Uh, hmm. But yeah, right. yeah, it's not not they the can't greatest. All be winners. Not the greatest. Yeah, they yeah. can't all be winners. But so the way that they light this is, and it reminded me so much of George Romero's uh, Creep Show, where it's like uh, you're a director, you know, uh, is it called a Dutch angle where everything is tilted? Sure, and yes. like you call a it crazy, Dutch, you call it canted, whatever. Uh, but yeah. but so what he does and the way that he lights it is is so much like a, a comic book panel. That it's it just, uh, I, I, it's something that, that none of the other like undersea movies understand. Uh, the, the the Abyss gets a pass because that's a different type of movie. But no, the, um, the, this movie is significantly yeah. more stylish yeah. than uh, any absolutely. of the other um, Abyss knockoffs that came out. Oh, Obviously, absolutely. you're not going to get anything good looking from Sean Cunningham. No. You know, no. Juan Pakir Simone it's, is. It's pretty. You know, you're not going to get standard, anything. Pretty standard stuff. Uh, there's also another great sequence on the uh, when they find the sunken Russian ship. So it turns out that, uh, spoiler alert, uh, that the Russians had been fucking around with genetic and mutation. And Leviathan is actually a boat. It's actually a boat. It's a ship. And the Russians scuttle it, and it's it's sitting at the bottom of the ocean. And uh, there's a great scene where Amanda Pays and Daniel Stern are walking, are, are like, going over to the, the the ship and they're looking around and the way that it's shot uh there's a great scene where uh i think it's amanda pay she like she looks into the room where some of the gen- genetic mutation had been happening and the way that it's sort of canted on the side and it, it looks so much like again like like romero's creep show yeah, like where a comic book it's it, like a comic book and it's just so like over the top just sort of, sort of beautiful. Uh, uh, that sort of comic bookish 
uh, horror really leans into that. And I don't, we, know, I don't we, know how, you know, if that was something that was consciously done, but it's so... I think so. It's but, so good. It's so well, well done. Well, if you're Dutch and angle, you No, you do it for a reason. Doing, yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you, can we talk... Let's talk a second about... Th- the decision to shoot the underwater scenes the way they yeah. shot them. They're they did not shoot this movie underwater. Wet for dry. So one of the things that I... Was, dry for wet. Dry for wet. Because <laughs> <laughs> wet for dry That's would be what fucking said. weird. That's what she said. That would um, be strange. Yeah. Uh, so It's like that whole barroom scene in uh, Top Secret. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I was thinking more of um, all of the underwater stuff in For Your Eyes Only. Did that you, was dry for wet. You didn't know that, dude. Well, I, I mean, I'm mean, sorry. It was wet for dry. Wet for dry. Uh, no, dry for wet. Dry yes. for dry for wet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they've got the pane of glass that has yep. the bubbles going up. And yeah. Stuff, and meanwhile, oh, yeah. the actor's completely dry in the, yeah. the helmet after. Because yeah. supposedly, who who's the Bond girl in, in For Your Eyes Only? Um. Uh. What's her gosh. name? That's not Jane Seymour. Is no, it? No, 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 no. That's later. That's um, later. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh. Whatever. Anyway, she had a sinus havoc. A sinus sinus problem. She could not go underwater. Oh, right, 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 right. And so they had to film. Supposedly, mm. that's the reason why. I don't really think that's the real reason. But like, all of the underwater scenes in Free Your Eyes Only are not underwater, yeah. which I did not know until yeah. very recently. And when I watched, it, I was like, "This it's is kind of obvious." To no, see. I think it looks great. <laughs> I still think it looks great. Sometimes it works. Sometimes there are, it works. Because there are some shots. The reason why I bring it up is there were some shots in Leviathan where I was like. That's not underwater. No. But yeah. then there were some other shots that I was like, that looked great. So some of it was, was filmed underwater and some of it was, was filmed on sound stages. And one of the, the Abyss was done that way, the, too. The Abyss was done that way. Uh, the, the 2020 movie Underwater that Kristen Stewart in it was done that way. That None of it was shot underwater. And so there's a... Hunt for Red October style. Uh, Hunt for Red October style, except it doesn't... It, this actually looked a little bit better because it was clearer. Yeah. But they... And those tube worms are cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it the, that actually made me laugh because I, there we go, oh, tube worms, tube worms. like the, like watch out for those tube worms. <laughs> those you know, tube it's, worms are going to get still you. a very new concept. Uh, that's I mean, exactly like, tube why tube worms are only like you know three yeah. years old in yeah. the minds of people. Dude, at that that's point. why it was so funny to me because it was yeah. so clearly like this new thing <clears throat> that had been heard about that they were like, it's let's like put fucking worms? scary, terrifying yeah. tube worms in. You know, well, it's like, like what are those giant? Things that look like giant penises. They're tube worms. <laughs> they, like they're dicks to you? Penises with vaginas on them. <gasps> oh my God, did H.R. Giger design these things? At I the mean, what? Of, the bottom of the ocean. All right. So, so you are recording, right? Yes, oh, we are recording. Okay. So what they had done, so they did the dry, was it dry for wet or dry, wet for dry? Wet? Wet. Dry, dry for, for wet. wet. Dry for wet. So they had filmed a lot of this uh, on, some of it they had filmed on sound stages in Italy. Italy. And Italy. That's right, because this is a Luigi and Dino De Laurentiis production. We completely neglected to mention this. Absolutely. Uh, And by the way, that's not Luigi De Laurentiis. This movie was produced by Luigi from the Super Mario Brothers. Yes. Mario and Luigi. Little little known fact. It's a Luigi. Yes. Yes. So it's John Leguizamo? (sighs) Or Chris Chris Pratt. Yeah, it it depends on who you're asking. Yeah. No, it's it was it's uh who oh my god who was Captain Lou Albano's Luigi? Oh, that was uh, Bob Hoskins. No, I don't know. I don't no, he was Mario. It was, was he Mario? It was That's why I said fucking John Leguizamo. No, who he was, was Bob Luigi? Hoskins? Was Mario? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's weird. Who Jeez. was um? That's fucking weird. Who was it on the Mario? Sh- oh, oh my god, who gives a shit? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't. So, matter. so, so mm. they had done that. 
that type of thing for the for some of this uh, dry for wet, dry for wet for for some of the stage stuff. So they had done this uh, this sequence with uh, the, with the Russian scuttled ship that was called the the Leviathan, and uh, there's a great scene in that. Again, this goes back to how what this movie does so well, which is it it really sort of leans into that sort of EC Comics horror comics house of mystery type thing where uh, the director and the cinematographer sort of lean into that. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it Dutch angle, whatever you want to call it, but there's a scene where uh, Amanda Pay's character is looking into a room and sees a corpse on a bed and it's, it's a mutated corpse, but the way that it's shot, it sounds like such a simple thing, but phalanges link, <laughs> which they go into. Yeah. yeah like exactly. the phalanges they are, take the footage ph- that her camera on the, the, the phalanges are hard suit took. The phalanges are way too long, but the way that it's shot is sort of like at a canted Dutch angle. And it's just such a beautiful sort of comic booky image. It's, it's just perfect. I, I, it's hard to describe, but anyway, when you watch it, you'll, you'll, I don't know, maybe you'll, 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 you'll get it. But it's, it's again, that, that was, you know, one of the things I think that they were like leaning into, which was that sort of almost, almost lurid, but not quite kind of a hyper-realistic, like a hyper-realistic, uh, uh, sort of, way of looking at, at, at the material that they were working with. And it, they seemed to understand implicitly what they were, what they were going for. And I, you know, I appreciate that. I think the cast is great. I think everybody in that cast, we really haven't taken, the, let's take a second so, to talk about some of the cast. Yeah. Because by the way, we have a, I, I we got yeah. this little list of people yeah, yeah. here. Do you want to read um, yeah. some of this cast list? Yeah. Because this is so, an incredible. So, I guess we've mentioned almost everybody here. So you've got like Richard Crenna, who plays a very dubious uh, sort of doctor uh, who has like a very dubious background. And I don't I don't want to spoil too much about what it doesn't. He, no, it's OK. It doesn't matter. The spoilers ahead, ladies and gentlemen. He basically like fucks Dude, over the crew. He's fucking 30 years old. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And it's I, like no, 30 but Nigel, we already talked about this. Let's move. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. So who else? We yeah. had Amanda Pays. We so talked we about had her. Amanda Pays, lovely Amanda Pays. We got yeah. Corbin Daniel, Burnson's wife. Peter, Dan, Peter, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I could have seen Corbin in this movie. Kind yeah. of. He could have been the Richard Crenna. Yeah. I could see him yeah. in that role. Um, who else? Oh, Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern, now, who it's, is it's, like really good. At, it's fascinating because so- I think the, the most people yeah. think of Daniel Stern as uh, the comedic yeah. Marv you know, from Home Alone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when I think it's this is so weird. It's such a disconnect for me yeah. because I'm, and I'm not trying to sound whatever. I'm the opposite. I remember Daniel Stern. I've always Chud. He, <laughs> dude, that's right. He's in Chud. I've yeah. imagined him as this intense, volatile actor. Yeah. That's what he has always been to me. Yeah. In Chud, he is. The whole movie, he's like, w- like a live wire. Yeah. In this yeah. movie, where he shines, like truly shines in Leviathan, yeah. is all of the moments where he is in pain. Yeah. As a comic relief, he's just like a lech. Right. He just you know, sort like, of like sh- it, it, like spews out typical but stuff. Yeah. When he, the stuff where he starts like physically being ill. Yeah. When he starts shivering, when he starts being scared. And yeah. I remember that and another movie that I don't think is a good movie, but I re- his performance is played totally straight. Yeah. is in very bad things. Oh yeah. He that, plays that's right. That's another right, yeah. very intense yeah. um like l- l- 
electric performance. Yeah, and, and city slickers too. <laughs> but see, that's what I mean. Like in yeah. city slickers, and even you know more dramatic work like Diner, he's yeah. not. He's a little more. Mm, you know what's the word, Chris? That I'm not I guess reserved, but that's not what I mean. You know, like perform like she laconic. sort of dials it down. Is that the word bit. I mean? <clears throat> No, I don't Maybe think that's right. Sort of, sort of no. dials it down. Yeah, he just, but like in, nebbish. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, but it, you know, Blue Thunder. Yeah, I don't remember him in Blue Thunder. He's really good. In he's Jaffo. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Just another but fucking observer. Man. Does he? He's really good. In is he kind of low key in that? Kind of. A little bit. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. But I he's like it, he's the eager newbie. That, yeah. Like you know is yeah. going under Roy Scheider's wing. He's good in that. Actually. I find it interesting because Rotary. Wing. I think yep. the thing with Daniel Stern is that what because. Every interview I've read with him, everything I know about him, he seems to really take the craft yeah. very seriously. And he's one of those actors that, like, even when he's doing comedy, he's... Well, he was doing Wonder Years at this point, yeah. too. Yeah, but he wasn't really right. doing anything in Wonder Years. He's just reading lines. He's not really working. Don't you denigrate voice actors <laughs> yeah, like I'm that. not denigrating. I'm Fuck! just saying, like, he's not doing much. <laughs> I, but, like, his whole... And that's, again, it's laid back. But... How about Little Monsters? It's yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's very. That's true. But, but again, he's like super laid back. He's a great dad. He plays a great yeah. dad. But his strengths he does, actually, yeah, really work as like a live wire energy. And yeah. I, I wish, and I know like Marv in Home Alone, he plays it. It's broad. Right. There's one scene where he turns into a. Why fucking are you dressed skeleton. like a chicken? Yeah. But I think that that's probably what makes at least the first movie work a little bit. Home Alone is his commitment to the seriousness of what's happening. Anyway. Yeah. Getting hit in the face with an iron hurts. It would. But Daniel Stern, okay, so Daniel Stern, but let's, uh, we got a couple more people to mention so, here. So, g- going into the other bits of the cast, so I think he has a really great uh, sort of back, it's really interesting because like Lisa Albacher, who's a who's actually really great in the movie too, uh, uh, they have sort of an hot. interesting, like an interest, very hot, has an interesting sort of chemistry where they're like they're sort of very antagonistic, but but there's like a sort of camaraderie there. It's well, really, sure, because it's vodka's really her favorite drink. Because vodka's her favorite drink, and he 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 is more than happy to supply that. But uh, it's it's very interesting the dynamic. So you have Lisa Albacher, who's fantastic. She was in. I wrote in my notes. I wrote I wrote uh, Lisa Albacher possessed. Uh, uh, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Lisa Albacher possessed Gary Coleman, this house possessed. That's what I wrote. What the fuck does that mean? Because she's in uh, a a, a, a movie, uh, it was a TV movie called This House Possessed with Parker Stevenson, and it was sort of like a... You mean one of the Hardy Boys? Yes. One of the, and she was in the Hardy Boys. Parker she Jameson. Was, she was in the Harbor... She was in the, no, uh, Parker Stevenson. Parker, Parker Stevenson. Not to be confused with Parker Jameson. Parker, Parker from- Stevenson. Prince of Darkness right. and Lisa Eilbacher, not to be confused right. with what's her name from and isn't it uh, Prince Jameson of Darkness? Parker, yes. not Parker Jameson. Parker, sure. Parker Stevenson, who was she was in that, and she was in uh, Hardy Boys with him too. Yeah. And also Parker Lewis can't lose. And Parker he Lewis can't, can't lose. lose. All right, so um, but the cast is game. They're they're all like Hector, oh, Hector Elizondo, Ernie Hudson. Yeah, uh, yeah. can we please? Michael we are, Carmine. We are. They're really good. Really, yeah. Neglecting to mention. It's a great cast. It is. But also, earlier tonight, we were talking about, like, movie stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is one person in this movie that just fucking oozes movie star. Is and it? I just wish I, I... I don't... Meg Foster? <laughs> <laughs> Who gets punched 
But well, yes, she sure, does. Sure, because she's got those freaky did fucking you, did eyes. You know, I did you know that Meg Foster, on some of her movies, she would, uh, they would have her wear contact lenses to minimize the effect of her eyes? Because they're striking. She's got freaky her eyes, eyes are man. Sh- very striking. And they, some of her movies, they would. They That's would, why like, Peter Weller so, punched her. Yeah. Your eyes are fucking spooky. Punch her in the face. She's not to be trusted. <clears throat> But very, I would like to just take a second to uh, talk Rowdy about... Rowdy Rowdy Piper learned that lesson the hard way. Oh, that's right. That's right. I would like to take a second... Do it. ...to talk about... Spit it out, fucker! ...the true star of this movie for me. Ernie Hudson? That's right. Oh, well, shit, yeah. Bitch, we're still here! That's a great line. It is one of the great lines ever. Okay, so what's the, what does Meg Foster say to him? You she must says, have gone through hell. Gone? Bitch, we're still here! He has another line that, and I know you've always liked that line, Nigel, but yes. there's a line in the movie that I was like, did I write that? <laughs> no, there's another line in the movie that I thought that when I watched Absolutely. it the other night, I, I like lost it. Yep. Where uh, 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 Richard Crenna goes, it's had, another, it's had a meal and it's growing. Yeah. Um, and they're like, what do you mean it's growing? It needs blood to grow. Yeah. And Ernie Hudson goes, you telling me there's a goddamn Dracula <laughs> a goddamn, on this boat yeah. or whatever it is? Like it's a, fantastic. A goddamn Dracula a goddamn is Dracula. what he says. It's fucking. Yeah. I well, didn't you write a sketch many many years ago where basically vampires were called God. Draculas? Yes. Yes. yes, yes. I seem to remember that. Which is that. why it's so funny to me. Like he called. He doesn't say it. To, you tell me there's a goddamn vampire on this ship. He the, says you tell me there's a goddamn the, Dracula. The, my other favorite line is basically they don't ski in Spanish Harlem. That's. Anyway, right. Anyway. There's no skiing in Spanish. There's no, ski- there's no skiing and shush. Yeah, with your shush. shush. All right, um, yeah. Nigel. Let's let's wrap things up on Leviathan yep. a little bit by let's. I want to just talk about probably what a lot of people would want to come to this movie for. Yeah. And yes, the ensemble is wonderful. It is. They're, they're, and yeah. the cast is charming. We didn't really talk a whole lot about Peter Weller. Peter we- Peter Weller. Real quick. So yeah. Peter Weller. I think is fantastic in this movie who is base he's basically like a guy on like he's like on vacation and just like wants to get it over with. Well he, like he, he's, he he's plays done. a geologist who is in charge is in of charge of these people. Everybody. There's a great yeah. moment early on and he's I, the new guy, right? He's kind of Yeah, I kinda, think so. Yeah. He's definitely the, yeah. the they put him through the ring or Was the blue Beck? collar. Yeah. Beck is but his character. Beck, that's his, they, yeah. they call him Becky to piss him off. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but there's a scene early on where he looks right into the camera yes. and he's like saying, now listen, this is the decision that we've made and we've stuck with it. Yeah. And I was like, this is really weird that he's looking right in. And he's but practicing. They, yeah. It turns out he's practicing yeah. and he's got this book called, uh, that was a bestseller book. Which was a real book. Yeah. yeah, yeah called yeah. Uh, like Minute Long Management or yes. like some, it's like a very short book yeah. about how to manage people. Yeah. I'm dying to know if that was in the script or if that was his thing I, that he brought and he was like i'm gonna do it like that. it sounds to me i don't know but it sounds to me like something he would have done yeah. hey panos but, let's uh i'm sorry hey uh george, george let's, do, let's this. do this let's do this book and george's like okay, okay. yeah no problem you know what i okay i'm gonna go eat my greek salad and you shoot the scene. i washed my hands <laughs> i got the saganaki which, which is, which is uh, while i'm eating my saganaki you do it and we you, take you it do back. whatever you want but it's interesting panos cosmatos uh actually let stan winston direct a lot of the second unit no 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 george, i want i just want to correct you nigel not stan winston <laughs> he let stan winston's team team now this is what I want to talk a little bit about yes. the special effects in this movie because yes. 
Stan Winston yes. is yes. considered by many... He's a genius, yeah. ...to be... Yeah. What, okay? Yeah. The thing about Stan Winston is, and I, I'm not quite sure... <laughs> I'm trying to think of... I want to be delicate about this and sensitive because I don't want to take anything away from Stan. Right. But... But how much was it amalgamated dynamics? That's what I want to say. So, so Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff, who went on to do uh, other things... So, Tom Woodruff actually did a lot of the the suit stuff. Uh, Tom Woodruff always does all the suit stuff. He does all the... Yeah. So, So, what happened was... But Nigel, uh, these guys were not involved in this film. No. Well, Alec no, Gillis, no. Tom Woodruff no. were not. They, were, they, they had were, they left yeah. after Stan yeah. got the Oscar for Aliens, yep. in which, by the way, I just want to just say um, I'm just just for perspective. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Stan Winston was a stand-up comedian. Okay, <laughs> he had the gift of gab. Turns out, he wasn't castable. Um, so he pivoted his career to makeup effects. Yeah. He himself, maybe not the best makeup effects designer. Yeah. But But I love gargoyles. But his team. But a real knack for business. And I'm, again, shocker, not too unlike one of the most prominent makeup people in the business now, which is Mr. Gregory Nicotero, who is not as much of a sculptor and designer as he is a man who runs business does everything people no no, he runs the business people mistake the two things he is not the sculptor or the designer nor is stan winston so the things that's howard Berger, right it's it's sure depending on who no it's the it's a whole team of people right and so like so stan winston has been in the right place at the right time his, for his career. He, yeah. he did wonderful work, but like he also did some rejected work. Yeah, that's His true. work for Friday the 13th 3 was deemed not good enough. Yeah. His work for other things, it just wasn't working, but yeah. he figured out how to get a team of people to yeah. work for him. He did Terminator. Right. It's not Stan. It's his team. Yeah. He did Aliens, wins the Oscar. And that's true, yeah. By the way, by, by I'm not... Telling tales out of school. Yeah, the yeah. People that well, work- this is the old school master and apprentice type setup. That's right. That Chris. they had for like you know Raphael and Michelangelo and yeah. Leonardo and Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> Where no, you, you had the master that had all these yeah. apprentices working underneath him, and then of course the master will sign off on right. the work and everything. But it's really the other people that are doing the right. Work. Correct. So so what happened with Leviathan? So I was going to talk about this a little bit. Uh, because because it's very noticeable. So when you watch the movie, there's very good uh, uh, practical effects and like mutation stuff. There's some pretty disgusting stuff. The body stuff. horror. The body horror stuff is really Excellent. good. Excellent. So, so what happens near the end of the movie is... Uh, so well, they there, have to reveal the creature. There is a, there is a creature reveal, and it, it's not it's not spoiling anything to say that it is anticlimactic so the what it looks like to me is that like they it's almost like stan winston said you know what i'm gonna leave early and you guys kind of just do whatever you want to do because it looks like a it's bad it looks like it like a giant like a fish yeah but so but and they never really show it like they never the really like is, dwell on it. So Shane Mahan and some bad. of the other guys, uh, uh, I want to say Rosen Grant, uh, all the guys that yeah. were kind of working on the effects yeah. in this, 
they have these quotes um, that I'm <laughs> I'm just going to kind of paraphrase, but where they say things like, um, "George was great yeah. because." He let us dictate how to shoot the monster. Do whatever you want. And yep. which sounds like George, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, sure, I have no idea. Do it. Whatever you want to do. I'm I trust here. you. Yeah. I'm putting yeah. my name on the movie. Oh, I'm yeah. going to kind of guide us. Yep. A true craft, a true director. Yep. You guys are the experts. I believe in you. Yeah. I believe in you. But the problem is. You want for- some Dolmades? I bring them for you. <laughs> you want the- some Spanakopit? I bring it. The problem for me whatever is that the. The stuff with the monster is the least effective stuff in the movie. It's awful. Well, until yeah, you get the big bad. monster at the end. No, well, it's, it's bad. It's it's bad because what they bad. do. What they do is they present like the, it's going to be like a big reveal where the monster rips through one of the diving suits. And I, every time I watch this in the last three decades, I laugh out loud because it looks like... Well, they do a crash zoom, first of all, which is not doing it any favors. No, and it's, it just doesn't work. And it, like the, the less they show of it, the better. But the but, problem is, is they don't show it in full glory. No, they never until show it. Until the very end right. when it's in bright, broad... Uh, well, don't you get like kind of like yeah. a, a Rob Botine ripoff from the thing where it's like Kinda, got yeah. faces yeah, 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 of the yeah. other characters? But that stuff is okay to me. Yeah, it's the exact that same thing. That stuff is kind of okay. Yeah. It's the actual big monster yeah. that looks like it's just on um a like a thing being put, like a like cart a doll- being like pushed, a dolly. A dolly yeah. And it, it just, to me, it's the... it's. The last ten minutes, I mean, like yeah. it's the fatal flaw of the movie. Yeah, it's it's is that well that infinity tank isn't helping anything. Either. Yeah, I mean that infinity tank is tied with like Jaws the Revenge <laughs> for like yo you those it takes you, you right can out see of the, mo- the fucking, fucking movie. water lapping up yeah. against the edges. Yeah, it doesn't um, it doesn't really work. But up until that point, up until that point, um, you know. It, I don't know. It, Everything until you reach still, the surface yes. is actually pretty decent. The last 10 yeah, minutes I, of the I movie yeah. are the biggest letdown. That said, Very, yeah. what I and I think that that's why the punching I, Meg Foster is pretty great. Is pretty cool. Yeah, it's she had great. it coming, but But that said, I, I don't, How do you feel? Better. I don't want to <laughs> um I don't want to detract just too much. I also yeah. like because it's still a lot of fun. It is. And it, it's I think it's a very, real, it's fun to watch the work I, happen. I, I think it's it's Compared to that so-called summer of the underwater horror stuff, I think it's the best of that lot, except for the abyss. The abyss is a separate thing. Yeah, but, right. Uh, of that, of that ilk, I think it's the best. I think it's if it's like if it's on, like if it's on cable, I'll watch it. If like it's that type of yeah, it has you that toss re- the remote. It has that rewatchability. Like I'm, I'm in. I'm and in. I, we didn't even really get on this, but I will say the Jerry Goldsmith score is so, phenomenal. So Jerry's Goldsmith, that is that is the same Goldsmith that did the did Alien, and it's it's beautiful. It's he does whale it's sounds. An excellent it's, score. It's fantastic. Feels yeah. very at home. Yep. And I understand, by the way, Nigel he never gets the credit. Either. He doesn't. No, he's he fantastic. actually gets kind of shit on a lot, which is weird. Well, because I mean, he people is talk- like you know, you listen to like a John yeah. Williams score, not to shit on John. John Williams is incredible. John Williams, you know, these just epic, big, but like you look at Jerry Goldsmith's career and it's amazing. You can can give the man a synthesizer and do like the fucking Gremlins rag. You can do a a fucking, uh, you know, Planet of the Apes in this kind of like atonal score and everything. You can give him a full fucking orchestra and get like Star Trek, the motion picture. Like Jerry Goldsmith is all over the place stylistically. He's amazing. Real quick. 
best Jerry favorite Jerry Goldsmith score, Chris. I like Planet of the Apes. Okay. I like Alien. The the, the main titles of Alien, yeah. I'm going to go with Gremlins 2. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Great great composer. Yeah. And he does a he does an excellent another You know what I heard about Jerry Goldsmith was that like <laughs> He's a crashy fuck. Yeah, he was like, no, that's what you get. I'm not redoing it, motherfucker. That's my score. He's like, you that's paid it. me $10,000 for That's what this. you get. Yeah. That's your $10,000 score. Boom. Well, Nigel, I It's gotta... like going to a pumpkin patch, you know? It's yeah. like they have a different size of pumpkins yeah. there with a certain cash amount, like, linked each pumpkin. He's like, this is what you get for this amount of money. This is what you get for this amount of money. He's like... Way. And guess what? He's like... You still get something fucking quality yeah. for every size pumpkin you absolutely. have there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Nigel, I think Leviathan is a movie that would do gangbusters on a big screen again. I, think so. I would I love think so. for people to see this yeah. movie. I only ever watched it on, you know, on video and on TV and I'd love to and see it. And I got to like tell you, theater, I'm but... glad that you brought this because I got a chance to rewatch it yeah. and because I know it wasn't one of your favorites, no, but, but uh... something clicked in me and yeah. I I think the attitude yeah. going into it of yeah. no like my love for you and your knowledge and love of movies yeah. really kind of played and when you told me that it's you feel strongly that it yeah. is a drive-in movie at heart absolutely that changed my impression about it and yeah. and i have a i do i have a newfound awakening for it that said the last 10 yeah. minutes eh, the last 10 minutes the last 10 minutes meh and it's not shame on yeah you. but out of a hundred minute movie you out know of, if that's 90 right. minutes of that hundred minute movie you can live with that 10 right. minutes i can suck, live with that yeah the only i think you're still getting your money's worth. except I there is so. one egregious thing do not kill off ernie oh uh, well, that pissed me off there's i that no really need. made me angry because he's like he lived like he got to the surface and he's like he's He's there. He's he lived. He's fine. There was no reason for it to happen. Yeah, it it's was actually it should be Ernie Hudson yeah. that has the line, "Say ah, motherfucker." Say ah, oh, motherfucker. Please. Yeah. All right. With so that's little, that's yeah. the problem I have with yeah. that. Um, Agreed. Nigel, Agreed. great choice, man. I would yep. love to see this movie on the big screen. It's and good. it's worth a it's worth a it's worth a, a viewing. Now here's the deal, guys. Look, I want to uh, I want to put. We've been talking a little bit about this '89 narrative, yep. but mm-hmm. I want to put the underwater sea monster battle yep. wars of 1989 yeah, yeah. storyline. Yeah. I want to put that aside for a second, okay? Because mm-hmm. what I want to do is, I think we need to jump into the future for In our the um, year 2019. <laughs> For for our our first um, choice uh, for a Leviathan pairing, yeah. And actually, Chris, technically, I would say this is really more like a trip to the past. Kind of sorty, yeah. yeah. Kind of. So, what do you got for us, Bud? Well, my contribution to uh, this particular hopeful double feature is 2019's Blood Vessel. I don't care if it's Hitler's personal pleasure cruiser. This is the only ship that we've came across the last. Keep your voice down. He's right, Captain. The Russians are done. We got to get off this raft. Simple as that, Captain. No, what I think is strange. Come on, Captain. Hey, what was your son overboard? Enough. Always this fighting and shouting. No one comes to see. Engine's running, but nobody's out. 
Bet this tub's still crawling with crowds. I heard Flyboy's talking about gremlins causing all kinds of trouble. You know, whatever happened on this ship, it wasn't gremlins. Something far more real. They bought these caskets on board. One of these things got out. Bigelow! Get far. Shapeshifters, they move by night. Hunting. Been killing monsters for years. A few more won't hurt. So 2019's Blood Vessel, directed by Justin Dix, written by Justin Dix and Jordan Prosser, starring Nathan Phillips, yeah. Alyssa Sutherland, Alex Cook, Mark Diaco, and Troy Larkin. Yep. Now, Chris, I had never heard of this movie. It's Even good. though I've it's, been basically telling you to watch this movie for the last fucking have, year. Really? Have you? Yes. It's, it's I watched this, this movie about a year, stuff. year and a half ago, it's and I stuff. said, Brandon, you gotta check out this fucking movie it's because it's 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 more than what you would expect it to be. I mean, it's a yeah. B movie. It's, it's a total B no, movie. That, that, you you say that like that's a bad thing. Yeah. No, but I mean, you know, sometimes there's budgetary limitations, yeah. but you know, the great part about it is that, you know, when a B movie is able to transcend what it actually is, yeah. You've got a great cinematic yeah. event there for you. It's yeah. about 93 minutes long. Yeah. So you get in, you get out, you yep. get everything you could possibly want in that nice hour and a half, you know. It's good stuff. Um, yeah. The effects, I mean, basically this movie was, was you know, Justin Dix is the owner of a very predominant special effects house in Australia. Yep. So this was, I guess, a passion project for him that allows him and his company to go through and really you know, showcase what their special effects company is able to do. And really, you know, the, the, the shining grace of this fucking movie really is the special effects. Well, I mean, but, but specifically, he's a visual effects guy, right? VFX, not well, practical? Well, I think it's, in, it's one of those effects houses, yeah. th- like Weta, bit of that, both. Weta, that does everything. It's yeah. a, did you say this? It's an Australian company. It's an Aussie company. So not New Zealand like Weta, but, you know... Yeah. It still comes from a land down under. I want to. I just want to say there's <laughs> women go and men chunder. There's like a really interesting um, Vegemite sandwich. A uh, subgenre. <laughs> I, it's not a, a genre, but like there's a a, a subset maybe. Osploitation? No, no, no. Um, there's horror. There's no. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's this. Um, Oz holes. If you guys shut the fuck up, I'll tell. <laughs> it's a no. There's a, a like a subset of movies that. There is a considerable amount of skill and talent that are still that are like criminally underrated. Yeah, I'm gonna throw just a couple movies out at you that I feel like kind of fit this bill. Um, and it's not really a coincidence that some of them are Aussie, but like, yeah. um, Lake Mungo okay. is oh, one of those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, closer, more akin to Blood Vessel. Jack Brooks Monster Slayer yeah, okay. is one of those yeah, movies yeah, yeah, that yeah. like is it just an incredibly 
made or anything well by the Spearing Brothers. The Spearing Brothers. The Spearing Brothers. These guys. Th- there's like yeah. there's this weird subset of like genre film that exists on the under five million dollar range. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And under the equator as well. Yeah. Sure. That doesn't quite get the. It, it, it's bizarre because this movie should be on people's radar. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And when you told me that this was your choice and I, I, I didn't know the movie and you, you kind of pitched me the plot or whatever, I was like, well, that's fucking way out there, dude. Like, that's nuts. Yeah. Mostly because it was a modern movie and I had yeah. this like immediate bias, not realizing that this is a movie that you have been telling me to see. Yeah. And um, I was happy to be able to see. Anyway, Brandon never listens to me. He I just ignores you. People does. say that a lot. He just to fucking me, by the way. You. That's a very Fuck. constant thing where everybody gets very offended that I don't watch. Like I, you know, this is what I do for a living. I have to watch movies for a living. Chris, why don't you read this the plot synopsis of this movie? All right, the plot synopsis says, During the tail end of World War II, a disparate group of Allied survivors encounter an abandoned Nazi destroyer, which is not correct, it's actually a minesweeper. I fucking knew you were going to... Adrift at sea, only to discover, once on board, that the ship's cargo holds a supernatural and bloodthirsty new enemy. See, that... that I'm immediately in, like, that's, yeah. Well, well it's weird, it's, uh, go ahead, Chris. It's classic 70s B-movie fair right there. You got yep. fucking blood-sucking Nazi, well, they're not really zombies, they're fucking vampires, this is really yeah. what it is. Let's just spit it out there. Yeah. Blood Vessel, yeah. what a great pun for a title. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it is. It's a World War II Nazi vampire movie on the high seas. Well, it, it, you know, and it, works. it starts us off. So, uh, you know, it's very. Th- it, this movie, I would just say, yeah. I want you to talk about it a lot, Chris, but like, I, to me, it wears its influences not on its sleeve. It has got like. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's clever like completely, as fuck. Completely tattooed like, in its even influences. Even the fucking title card on this is like a yeah, 1970s yeah. Hammer film yeah. where they go through, you've got this pre-credit sequence, and then all of a sudden it pops up Blood Vessel, yeah. Yeah. and it's like, you know, a Wicked of Oz production. Yeah, but it's like, like copyright, 2019. It's a very, very classic I'm 1970s. also pretty sure we use that font for a season three episode title card. Yeah, I, I think so, too. <laughs> that font never goes out of style. Um, it's but, this kind of Teutonic sort of thing yeah. that they're using, yeah. all in bright red yes. and everything. Um, but yeah. it, you know, it starts off like, and I, I, without keeping us too sidetracked, like one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. It's I think it's in my top five Hitchcock is Lifeboat. Ooh. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, in my opinion, criminally underdiscussed. Yeah, I can't believe how few people talk about Lifeboat. Yeah, that, let and, alone Life Pod. Life Pod. Oh yeah, dude. I've told you about this before. Um, I just pod. went to. I went to shout out to Viper Video on Martin Luther King here in Tampa, Florida. I just went there yesterday, uh-huh. and they have like a hundred copies of Life Pod on nice. VHS and DVD. Life Pod is Alfred Hitchcock's Lifeboat in space. Never seen it. Who, but, wait, who? Wait, who directed this? Oh, don't ask like, me that. It was it's been like, too fucking long and everything like that. But yeah, Life Pod okay. is Lifeboat in outer space. Okay, I'm in gonna an have to look that up. Pod. Yeah. Well, yes. Life, life Boat awesome. is an incredible yeah. um, Hitchcock film earlier on in his career. I think yep. 40s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, 
this movie takes its influence it's directly influenced from that and it jumps into something completely different um you know about 10 minutes into the movie yeah. uh but go ahead chris why is this movie so great world war 2 mm-hmm. yeah maritime setting on an abandoned haunted ship nazis yeah. blood fucking old world vampires and that's basically everything you could possibly want in a movie that's, right yeah. there. Yeah. Good that's night. All, that's that's all it. Need. Good that's night, all everybody. Need. Thank you that's so all much. You need. Good yeah. night, Cleveland. <laughs> no, I mean, the movie's great. You know, you, the, the, the premise is that you have a group yeah. of survivors from an allied hospital ship that was torpedoed by the Germans. I mean, we're in, yeah. we're in 1945, which is pretty much, you know, the end of World War II. The they're Germans... In the, they're in the Baltic Sea? Uh, I think they're in the North Atlantic. Or, I think, actually, oh, North I, Atlantic. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the North Atlantic. There's something yeah, about think. Baltic Sea that was mentioned. I for... Well, that oh. actually goes for Leviathan. Leviathan, that's right. I'm confusing. That's right, that's right, that's right. That's yeah. registered. The, yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Um, but you have this, this, these survivors on a lifeboat. That's where the movie starts out. Yeah. Uh, you find out that, yeah, they, these guys were all passengers on a hospital ship and that because we're in the latter days of, of World War II, yeah. the, the Nazis in Germany are not doing well. And so Nazi high command is given the approval to go through and torpedo basically everything that they can fucking find, including yeah. hospital ships, which normally, if it had a Red Cross on the side of it, it was foreboding. Now, right. look, guys, I, you yeah. know, maybe this is a hot take. <laughs> but the Do Nazis, it. not so bad. <laughs> they get a real bad rap. I don't understand. They would only murder everybody. <laughs> they would only murder that's insane. I mean, everybody. Like, that's, it is crazy to you think. You know, Brandon was at Charlottesville <laughs> holding a tiki torch. So, you know. No, I think it's 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 crazy to think. Like, the the horror of, you know how Spielberg was like, I'll never use the Nazis again as a plot device because yeah. it's just not cool to me yeah. anymore. Yeah. The horror, the things that, I, I don't want to, we don't need to get into this, but like, that, the the crimes, the, the awful there's no way I can even say this. Like the things that they did, make the Nazis are the greatest bad guys ever. I know, but not. Yeah. But the, yeah. the the atrocities that they committed. There's nothing that you can do. I know that the idea, like in this movie, is that like you thought it was bad that it was a Nazi ship, but it's also vampires. It's just kind of like... Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing, that it plays into that as well, because yeah. the Nazis were well known to have a real occultish angle. Oh, I know. And actually, true. Yeah, yeah. today, I'm sorry, you know what November 18th is, right? It's World Occult Day. Oh, oh shit. Oh, so we are recording shit. this episode oh. on World Occult Day. A little peek so behind the curtain, by the way. fucking fitting Let me... that we're discussing these fucking weirdo Nazis who are well-documented and well-known to be believers yep. in the occult. That's true. I'm going to do the, my pentagram I just right want to finish this thought that I have of this is like... The the Nazis Spit are... Out, the, the things that they did are so atrocious and heinous and disgusting and like awful... Yeah. That the only way you could think of anything worse <laughs> is like some insane supernatural yeah. shit. Because, but like, it's not that far fetched. That's they the fucking were, beauty which of it. They too, were into, is that it's yeah. like you want to know something? Yeah. I could buy it. You know, yeah. that's that's it's it's that whole. 
even even yeah. so not so much as a, a willing suspension of disbelief it is a yeah. i wouldn't fucking put it past them they were yeah, right they were whether it has to do with you know the occult yeah. in fucking you know zombies or fucking vampires or werewolves or they something were, like that they were into it yeah or even like if you take a fucking sci-fi angle that you know they were trying to find trans-dimensional yeah. portals yeah you know, to uh, an alternate reality, yep. people will fucking buy it. Yep. Because... Because they were doing they it. They were doing shit like this. Yeah. Fucking Nazis, man. World War II. Fucking what Nazis. a time. <laughs> what a great way, time. <laughs> way back when. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Um, um, but, all right. But anywho, uh, the basic premise yeah. is that these survivors on an allied uh, lifeboat, which includes like a nurse who's lost a child... Yep. An African American cook, a Italian American cook, a uh, British crypto expert, and yeah. everything who you know worked at Bletchley Park or whatever, yep. and was a code breaker yeah, for the, the, the British breaker. government. Yep. You have an Aussie Anzac soldier. Uh, you have a Russian yep. aboard them. So, you know, you basically get this smattering of the Allied forces yeah. all bit, aboard. And everything. also, like, this this captain, who I think is probably the most famous Aussie actor out of all of them. This guy was, uh, you know that American... I did not t- put his name on... I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, and I can't remember his name, but he was the uh, actor that played the lead role in the television series Longmire. Oh. Which was kind okay. of like a precursor, okay. I guess, to... Uh, Yellowstone and everything. Mm-hmm. It was, it's know, interesting this, that they yeah. put him because he is like third build in the That's movie. Exactly. But like he was also probably That's to American audiences at least yeah. the most recognizable yeah. actor in here. And he dies like within the first 10 minutes. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. The, you know, I, I do want to do this because I do kind of feel that this is a movie that maybe hasn't been seen by that many people. Yep. I don't want to necessarily discuss all of the surprises that are in store. There's some big ones, yeah. Th- yeah. Th- yeah. That, that's okay. That one's good. Yeah. But there are some other things that occur in this movie that, like, that was a, I mean, the captain goes, you know, the first 10 minutes of the movie, yeah. and you're like, okay. Yeah. You know, but there's yeah. some other things that happen. Like, you're you're never quite sure who the lead is yeah, there's in this. Some, there's some stuff that knocks you off balance. Uh, um, as far as by the way, Alyssa Sutherland, um, do you guys know she's coming, and I don't know, maybe by the time this episode drops, the movie will be out, but she's in the new Evil Dead. Really? Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's the one set like in an important in a high building. Rise. Yeah. Evil Dead Rise. Oh, nice. And nice. I'm almost certain. So Evil Dead Poltergeist 3? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. So there's only been one still, official still, that's been released for Evil Dead Rise. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it, Chris? No, I have not. I haven't seen the still. Okay. Oh, you haven't? I have not. No. Um, I, it's like looking- Is it groovy? It's looking through a- uh, a, peephole? a peephole. Nice. So it's like really distorted. I'm almost positive it's Alyssa Sutherland as a dead as a deadite. So it's like a Demons Two type situation. Yes. Um, oh, I'm all for that. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just look. Just because we're we're here, okay. why not? I'm like all, I'm just gonna show you guys. I'm all for some like high rise, rise demons in a high rise because the picture is fucking solid. That's I, I cool. was like, that's scary. No, I haven't seen. Um, it. No. Um, I know the movie. Is it like an Aaron Andrews? We're peeking through the people to see her running around naked on the inside of the. Yeah, it's not like a hotel room or something. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yes. It's, a, it's a local yeah. kind of shout out right there. Um, here it is. Because okay. I know the movie's supposed to come out like in April. It's like not that far I know. Away. Give me a yeah. fucking trailer already. Right. You know what I'm saying? Fuck. Like, Don't, here tease, go. here don't it goes. fucking tease us. 
That's pretty creepy. Oh, shit. Isn't that's that scary? That's like some Demons 2 shit. Wow. I can't wait. But doesn't that look like Alyssa Sutherland? Yeah. Looks just like her. Did, no, does she yeah. crawl out of another demon's yeah. back? Or? I don't know. I just, I'm fucking pumped. I can't that wait. That looks really, All right. that looks cool. Yeah, that's mm. creepy. Okay, anyway, yeah. sorry. Um, I have absolute faith in Evil Dead. Yeah, I do too. Okay, Chris. So where was I? We were um, so rudely interrupted. We were just me. talking about. Oh, we were saying we don't want to spoil too much right. because okay, there's a but lot anyway, of surprises. This, this crew, uh, or I'm sorry, these survivors from a torpedoed Allied hospital boat, and yep. we've got a wide gamut of you know people in the Allied movement yep. come across an abandoned Nazi minesweeper. This German Nazi minesweeper, yep. where when they get aboard this ship, find out that basically everybody on board is dead. Yeah. And it looks like the boat has been purposefully it's, sabotaged. It's creepy. Uh, because there is some greater evil on board, and the crew itself, or at least the captain of the ship, has tried to basically make it so nobody survives on board this boat in order to contain an evil that is being held within the cargo hold so it of this is boat. Essentially the thing. Yeah, or also there's also this Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of feel to it as That's well. That's what I'm saying. The, the influences yeah. are there. You got Raiders of the Lost Ark. You have the thing. You have aliens oh, with the little girl. Aliens. Yes. You have um uh 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 yeah uh, alien alien. It's alien. all there. It's all there. But I mean, specifically the thing things were popping up for me. Like oh, yeah. the 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 captain with the throat sliced dope like yeah kind of yeah. In the yeah, chair, yeah and they even shine the light and you can see the like big split in his throat like there's some it's some good like some good practical absolutely stuff. well yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a practical effects studio yeah, so yeah, yeah, like yeah. the vast majority of the really effects good. in this movie are practical it's i'm not going to say a bottle show but it's all in this yeah. confined space it's a one location on this yeah. ship so it gives you lots of interesting places there's a claustrophobia yeah. that's involved you've got this wide variety of characters that all kind of have for the limited amount of time because it's 93 minutes you know there's still interesting backstory true, yeah. that plays to all this juxtaposition of all these interesting characters to the point where they and it's not intrusive, but like there are, we learn about these characters yeah. maybe a little expositionally, maybe that's okay, but a like, and then bit. very, and then it's like, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Like this there movie were, really just kind of like deals out the shit hand yeah, to these characters there were, pretty there, quickly. There was stuff like that. I won't spoil anything, but there was stuff that genuinely surprised me, like the way that things go down as far as I was, you know, what happened. Yeah, dude, put it this way, I. The um yeah. the when they find the uh locked up Nazi yes in the yeah in the yes. uh chamber yes and what ends up happening there stuff I yeah. was like oh that guy's gone he's I thought that was going to be our lead yeah. yeah they there were legitimate true, yeah. surprises this movie keeps you on your toes yeah. as does, an audience yeah. member because when you start to think that you've got it figured out they turn the tables Absolutely. on you. You know, new characters wind up getting introduced and then all of a sudden, you know, yeah. like eradicated or at least you think they're eradicated yeah. and they come back in a way that you did not expect. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, once again, the practical effects that take place. I mean, it is a vampire yeah. movie, you know, on board. They basically and I'm, I'm, I'm OK. I'll spoil that's this. Okay, no, that's a fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, you know, they find a nest and I'll say just a nest. Yeah. 
of sure. Romanian vampires on board this ship that the Nazis thought that they could basically utilize as one of their wonder weapons because that's another believable thing from fucking that's Nazis. That's what they did, that yeah. They, fa- they tried to go out and find whatever yeah. kind of r- remarkable... Yeah strange esoteric weapons that they could use against the allies and of course could they control it no does it fuck them yes Yes. it's literally the the strigoi in this movie (laughs) are yeah yeah would be um just a column or a road down from the ark of the covenant in the nazi warehouse like I, it's very clear that that's, that's where true, he's getting yeah. his influence. Yeah. Like, I mean, the movie's very much B-movie and everything like that, but it is clever. Well, it I is will, very, very clever. It is. Yeah, it's extremely clever in its uh, in the art direction um, and the production design of the movie. Now, yeah. I, I, you know, it, I couldn't help it. I was watching the movie, and they... I'm, I I don't think... I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm dying to know. Do you think they shot on... A real vessel? They did. They did. Honestly, did they yeah, really, they actually they, really? they had a vintage World War II ship. It was oh, a wow. British ship that they used for all the interiors on that. And it's basically a museum ship. Oh, that's cool. It's docked in Australia. That's and cool. they shot the whole thing on board that ship. That's it's a, yes. cool. Yeah. They, so they it's do legitimate a great real deal of of setting I, and you know it's not too dissimilar from another uh, movie we talked about uh, in a prior season, the uh, the land that time forgot. Yes. It also kind of right, has right, a little right, bit right. of that vibe, yeah. where they're like, the only difference is, is they didn't bite off more than they can chew. Yeah, will you talk a little bit about the design of the Strigoi in this movie? Um, if anything, I would say that there's probably a certain influence to a movie that was released 30 years ago this month. Are you talking about Bram Stoker's? I am talking exactly about oh. Bram Francis Stoker's Ford Dracula. Dracula. Francis yeah. Ford Dracula. I didn't make that connection. Yes. Oh, that, uh, that, that bat vampire. With the, oh, yeah. fuck. Now, granted, the, the vampire is wearing like a Nazi uniform. But you're right. It's kind of sort of, yeah. The, I wasn't the, sure if he was the, wearing like a the cape. The patriarch I, vampire looks like he's almost in a uniform. Uh, but it does have you know those large bat wings. Oh, that's wild. You know, the, the whole fucking the ears, crazy fucking you know nose that that's they utilize wild. and everything. The fingers that are like the extensions. Yeah, actually, that's do you wild. know who the vampire le- the patriarch I... reminded me of? Who's that, Brandon? Radu from uh, the Radu subspecies, from subspecies films. Yeah, Kinda. it had that vibe. Ander, Anders Hove. Yes, Kinda. it had an Anders Hove yep. vibe to the point where I was like. Is that Anders Hove playing this character? It's I would. Yeah, it's would not, you? Would you it's, it's actually Troy Larkin. Yeah, is the I, guy. I would have shit my pants if that was Anders Hove. That's By the way, wild. I'm just looking because Troy Larkin is a name that sounds extremely familiar to me. That, I didn't make that connection. Tro- but I feel like Troy Larkin was in like Skull Island or something. You know, I think you know. There's a couple of the actors no. involved in this that actually wound up doing a lot of character and we'll say effects character work yeah. and a lot of other high profile was films. this justin dick's first movie or as, well, a, director, as a director as a director yes he but probably pretty much he's i mean stuff. he's been running a company yeah. that you know picks up the slack for a yeah. lot of other companies and everything so you know they've been doing a lot of work lot for of, yeah uh Actually, I want to say a lot of the Star Wars films. Well, Justin Dix, as a special effects guy, worked uh, like he did. um, He was credited as a droid unit technician for episode two and three. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, Okay. But, you know, 
uh, Dark Place. He did visual effects for Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Maybe is that right? I mean, like I'm just a British special television Dark series. Place 2019. No, then that would not be because it was Richard Ayoade who did yeah. Dark Place. Not the same thing. A different. A different. Um, he's a producer, but yeah, I, like uh, I mean, you know, it's an effects company. I mean, it's yeah. like you know Stan Winston going out and making Pumpkinhead. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is basically his type of movie they, for doing that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. The thing, other thing I liked, and we kind of got a little bit of uh, 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 a little bit of debate about it, but like I thought that the violence in the film was actually pretty tastefully done. Like it didn't splatter the screen, like I thought it would maybe be doing. It you know was, what I mean? Like it, it was. It, I think they it saved a, it for the key moments that provide the most shock, but they was, don't show you too much. No, it was, it was you, effective. There's, yeah. There is a decapitation in the movie. There's a lot um, of decapitation in this movie. Well, I'm thinking specifically more toward yeah. the back end of the. There's film. There's a lot of stabbings in this movie. I've yeah, noticed. but they're not really. It it it, it doesn't. While it's very clearly influenced by Evil it's Dead, it's not a gusher. No, it's not no. a gusher. It's it's it really kind of just aftermath. Takes, I think is the sort of thing I, that you get a lot in this movie. Yeah. Where basically this, as the, uh, this, the the Allied survivors are moving throughout the ship, yeah. you know, it, kind of in that thing vibe. It's yeah. like when the, right. uh, the United States guys go over to the Swedes <laughs> or the Norwegians, <laughs> the camp Norwegians. like that and trying to piece together what the fuck happened here. Right, right, right. right. That's really what you get a lot of. Yeah. You, know, you get a lot of these bodies that are missing heads. You get burnt bodies. You get bodies that have like all the weird kind of black spider web veins throughout yeah. their bodies and they're trying to figure out, no, I've dude, never like, seen anything like, like this. Yeah. No. What the fuck? happened Chris here. they literally yeah. it's evil dead she the, the character lifts the sleeve up and you see the the oh vein the spider webbing. Her, yeah yeah like the <laughs> stuff that like the stuff with like the the little girl that's the it's the, creepy as it's fuck. creepy as fuck like yeah. there's like scenes with her like she's in the shadows and you can see her yeah eyes. dude I'm with you on that fuck. Yeah. Actually, that was one of the th- most effective things I think in this movie is that all the uh, vampires you yeah. get that weird kind of eye shine. Oh, I love so, the orange eyes. Yeah, it's, and I loved cool. the uh, the you know kind of reminded me of uh, you know well the hypnotized the 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 uh, what uh, the mesmerism mesmerization Ooh. that they do. It also kind of reminded me a little bit of my f- maybe my favorite Stephen King short story, One for the Road. Yeah, where there's like a little girl vampire in that who is like, pick me up so I can give you a kiss. Which ties into the Toby Hooper Salem's Lot, which is like, I think, very scary, the the, the miniseries. Well, you can come back for that episode because well, we're not talking about Salem's Lot, Nigel. I know, I know. No, but the, the, the little, the creepy little girl vampire... And I don't think yep. that's a spoiler. I no. think it's very clear the first no. time you see her that she's not new. I think it's in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although oh, she's is carrying around a little doll with her. Yeah. But I mean, that's where you see the influences are there and obvious. But even like for a while, like I wasn't sure, like, because I didn't really watch the trailer for that. I just saw and I was like, eh, maybe she's not. But then she was. No, but. I, this was great. I, I'm at a phase yeah. of my life where I'm now loving going into movies not knowing Blind. not knowing yeah. anything Without- i really had a wonderful experience recently with a uh, barbarian yeah i knew nothing about it nothing I mean, went they, in I mean, and i'm like i'm yeah. so ha- i'm so proud of myself for not reading going online anymore and yeah, reading about that yeah. just i'm done i'm over it i they'll do like four trailers it's fucking ridiculous. i'm not interested I, I don't watch trailers anymore i'm just like i'm having so much fun 
just going into movies the way that we fucking grew up. Like we walked down the video store, yeah, and, and we cover like, boxes. That is what one, pretty much that's, sold right. that's right. Or somebody goes, yeah. "You've got to see this." And I'm well, like, the okay. poster for this fucking movie, which I mean, you know, I saw it on Shutter about a year and a half ago, yeah, and it was really like, you know, I came across the the poster, or yeah. at least you know the the ad. I mean. You know, I didn't watch the trailer on it, but it has that image of the patriarch vampire with the oh, big yeah. fucking ears and the fucking nose yeah. and the eyes and everything like that. And I looked at that and I said, that looks cool. You're like, that's my jam. Yeah. It's funny you yeah. say that because uh, honestly, I never, I, I would have blown past it. Yeah. Like, the, I know I've, like, I know people think the title is clever. It's a little too clever for me. <laughs> It's one of those things where I'm just like, nah, nah. It really requires. Hey, Brandon, you should watch this movie. Yeah, 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 sure, I'll watch it. Like that now, a I'll year and a right half up. later, Brandon's like, uh, I'll get right I on guess that. I had to watch the movie, and it turns out I liked it. I did like it, right and, it, it, and I'm, I'm glad I, like, I'm glad that you picked this movie, Chris, because so I. Yeah. I do think it's a good one. more people need to see Blood Vessel. Yeah. I think that it, like... Look, the Aussies have been making good genre oh, films yeah. for 30, fuck fucking yeah. 40 years, Yeah, and it's man. not just Brian Ten- Trenchard Smith making them. Yeah. You know, like, there are some... Or real, George Miller. Or George yeah, Miller. Or George Miller. There are yeah. some skilled filmmakers yeah. out there. And or Peter Weir. Yeah, yeah, despite the fact that they're all a bunch of criminals. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... <laughs> well, no, Which, I, of course, they actually say in the movie, too, the guy fucking insults the other guy. or whatever, yeah. Basically, like, there's, you've got this Anzac Aussie soldier and this <laughs> fucking snooty British fuck who basically does exactly that. They start, like, throwing insults back and forth. He's like, criminal. Um, that... Just real quick, the guy that plays the uh, the code breaker, yeah, uh, the the that whole radio nebbish. sequence the scene, the fucking, the fucking weasel, his performance yeah. in that scene, he is Chris Burke, yeah, he's in really fucking good. aliens. No, but the, he's different because Burke is the thing about what Paul Reiser does is he stays um, cold. He just goes cold, and like even when like yeah. they're gra- like r- when Sigourney's grabbing him, like you fucking asshole, and doing this, he's, he's like just you're like, crazy. He's like, like slapping yeah, his yeah, eyes yeah. are wide, yeah. and he's like, he's like, no, but he's it's like, fine. you guys are. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. The guy in this in Blood Vessel, the scene where he's by himself, well, he cries like a he's little a, bitch. He's a bit more you know? human. It's like, oh, yeah. you're going to save me, but he will sell everybody else yes. out to save his that own ass. Guy's like, performance fucking is good. fucking yeah. not good. It's, it's really incredible. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever he's doing, I my guess is that he was the and kind it's of a one person scene. Yes, it's a one person so scene. Good. He's, he's just talking talk, on a goddamn he's radio. Talking to a radio. He is. It is an incredible performance from he's, that actor. He's like prepared to fucking sell out everybody. But but the performance, I'm talking like well, really not is. only sell out everybody, but to sell out the fucking British Ugh. as well. He's a code breaker and he says, "I have Ugh. knowledge that would be beneficial to you Nazis yeah. if you come and save." But he, the way he plays That's it is like where worse. he's aware that he's like such a Judas and he's crying yeah. for not just because that he's doing the betrayal, he wants but to because live. he wants to live he wants and now he live. feels yeah. happy and yeah. everything. It's it is a it's, yeah, it's a great. It's, scene. He's like good. Leland yeah. Orser, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, um, he's pretty good. Believable, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, all right, Chris. I, yeah. Wonderful choice, man. Yeah, it's a good um, one. I'm I'm glad I got to see this. I'm movie. actually very happy that you guys enjoyed. this It's movie pretty good. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I watched it. it twice, and I liked it this actually better the second time. Actually, there's a lot to like in this movie. Yeah, definitely. So it's good stuff. Go check it out. Good stuff. So. I want to just kind of now 
we've gone from yes, I guess 2019, yep. but we also kind of gone into the past. I want to do We're like gonna a little... go back in time. We are gonna kind of jump backwards a little bit to April of 1989. Jesus. Now we're back 89? into this 89 Fuck. stratosphere We've of... We've just gone back 30 years in time. We I have am got to discombobulated. figure out... Well, you know, 30 years, it's a nice round number. I am discombobulated. <laughs> We've got, it's these filmmakers going, Cameron... Did you say bubble? What? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next movie, oh. post-Leviathan... Post-Leviathan. To cash in on the still... Unreleased James Cameron epic The Abyss is which was August of it was August right? which he never is, put out on Blu-ray is our Fuck good you, is our yeah. good buddy Roger Corman's Lords of the Deep yes Lords that's of the Deep. April of nineteen eighty nine Shaver and Bradford Dillman that's, that's good right stuff. good old Brad Dillman that's good stuff and I will say of all of the ripoffs yeah. Um, this one actually comes the closest Corman, to James Cameron's movie. Corman knew what he was doing, but I, it's not a good movie. No, it's not. No. Then it's we're gonna, not now we're going to skip ahead after that to July of 1989 Thank with God. Uh, the Evil Below, right? Which was the other movie That's that came right. out that summer. That's right. I think. The less said, the better. But if it's not you are good. listening to this and you love the Evil Below, listen, try it. Do you smell something? <laughs> It's the turd that is the evil below. No, listen, if you it's love that movie, that I understand why you love yeah. that movie, because hey. it is what it is. Hey. But now, yeah. August of 1989 comes around, and The Abyss finally is released. The Abyss is like, I arguably Cameron's, I think it's his my favorite Cameron movie. I, now, that's just me. I'm with you. Um and Orson Scott Card did the novelization of it. That's right. Oh, no and he, did, he, didn't, he didn't like James Cameron. Evidently. He was like, it's because he's a Mormon. Neither does Harlan Ellison. You know, neither does <laughs> fucking Linda Hamilton. Harlan Ellison. Neither does Kate Winslet. Well, big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, small price to pay. Or doesn't matter. For being one of the Academy best Award filmmakers. Cameron is, Cameron is. I Halo. love. I love Cameron. Well, I don't, I don't give a fuck. All right. Listen. So after. But so Susie the Abyss, Amos likes him a lot. The Abyss she comes does. out in August of '89, and then I just will kind of jump forward a little bit with in spring '90. Yep. We had the rift. A.K.A. Endless Descent, right? From uh, Juan Piquier Simone, director of Slugs and Pieces, starring Jack Scalia and uh, Arlie Ermy. Army, Arlie Ermy. That's right. Uh, now, here's the yeah. deal, guys. Turd. <laughs> Summer of 1989. Arlie Ermy was fucking insane. It was weird, right? That no, was one of the greatest cinematic summers. Of all time, it was Indiana was, Jones, oh, I got The Last was, Crusade, that, Ghostbusters which is, Two, Batman. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Star Dead, Trek Five. All those movies are great, by the way. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Dead Poet Society, When Harry Met Sally. That's good. Parenthood, Turner and Hooch. Holy shit. Um. Uh. S. Oh, Star Trek Five, Karate Kid Three, and yeah, you said it. Jesus, motherfucking Batman. This was oh, not. Oh, that's right, dude. I remember that. I remember very, yeah, very. Well. I remember. I think we all do. I remember Michael Keaton on the cover of Rolling Stone, and it was like, yeah. I'm just saying this. Um, hey, dude, I did an entire fucking show that summer called Sneaking in the Movies that actually yeah. talked about all those movies. Fuck yeah. We're not talking about the year 1989. That those all those movies we just named came out in 
the summer Jesus. of 1989. It was one of the most amazing ins- summer seasons That's insane. Ever. The bottom line like, is this. 1982 was the only other one that like really popped quite like that summer did. Or, well, ni- or 91. Well, 91, well, no. Terminator 2. No, 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 no. I'm just thinking Now, hold on. Two. Don't get ahead of me here, I, all I, right? I know, Listen, yeah. the Abyss had it rough, okay? Yes. What was the it, end of the summer? It ended yeah. its run with uh, $54 million domestic box office. And, and yet, while that's awesome, sure, um, and, argu- and the movie is awesome, and arguably his best movie, at least so far. I think... It's my favorite Cameron movie. I that's, understand why it is. The thing is, is, the movie was considered a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's the irony, guys. This is what I just want to mention, is that like after all these Abyss ripoffs about monsters uh, biting people in half, <laughs> uh, miles below the ocean's surface, the Abyss turned out... <laughs> To not be about <laughs> monsters. It was about humanity yeah, yeah. and hope for the future. Yep. Um, not just some violent scare It was an fest. adventure movie. Yeah. yeah. So it's Hollywood was... E.T. Underwater. Hollywood was disappointed at the time, but Cameron's vision was, as usual, yeah. ahead of its times. Uh, yeah. Ahead of its time. Here's the deal. Besides, uh, in, yep. in just a couple of summers, yep. by the way, Cameron would actually redefine and change the industry for real yeah with terminator 2 so cameron needs to put the abyss out on like blue i, sure. I know i know well it helps him forward the technologies that he can actually make terminator exactly 2. all right so exactly. that is gonna lead us into my choice and now from 89 i want to jump ahead a decade that's right all right like 98 99 summer blockbusters are stronger than ever and in fact, this is crazy to me, 1999. Episode one. Mirrored 89 That's pretty nicely. Look, look, here's Fuck. what we've got, guys. We've got Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. We've got The Sixth Sense. We've got Tarzan, whatever. Jesus. We've got Big Daddy. We have The Mummy. The Matrix. We've Jeez. got uh, oh, The Blair Witch Project. The Matrix, American Pie, Eyes Wide Shut, The Iron Holy Giant. Shit. And you guys said it, a little indie film called Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Which, everybody, like where I was working, everybody took off that day from work to go see. Well, it was May 25th, man. Come on. Now, Fuck. this is kind of crazy because also bizarrely close at the year's end uh, to James Cameron's The Abyss, which ended at uh, 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 number 14 at the domestic box office, Jesus. Is my choice, which ended at number fifteen that summer of nineteen eighty nine. Sleepy Hollow, yeah. That would be <laughs> Deep Blue Sea. Tell me, Mr. Franklin, have you ever known anyone with Alzheimer's? No. What if you could end all that suffering with a single pill? Give me till Monday morning, forty eight hours. I'll give you results that'll skyrocket your stock price. The most advanced research facility in the world. Wow. Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. A team of specialists is working against the clock. Did someone order the fish? On an experiment to benefit mankind. Sharks never show any loss of brain activity as they age. We're this close to the reactivation of human brain cell. But before they can save millions of lives... 
tell me I didn't see that. They recognize that gun. It's impossible. Sharks do not swim backwards. They can't. They'll have to find a way to save their own. Just what the hell did you do to those sharks? Did you feel something? Jim and I use gene therapies to increase their brain mass. What is that? As a side effect, the sharks got smarter. Somebody, please, tell me what that is. So, Nigel, when you yes. told me that you feel that Leviathan is a drive-in movie in spirit, I, yes. I struggled uh, with what I thought would pair nicely with Leviathan, yeah. especially after, Chris, you chose uh, Blood Vessel, because I really wanted to do something a little aquatic, but... Yeah. I'm not. I don't really care for any of those other movies a, that we mentioned it's a very earlier. Small, the Rift, yep. etc. But you yep. are indeed a fan of the genre. right? I love underwater. I love that notion. But there yeah. are just there's just not a ton of movies. Yeah. And you know, personally, I don't really like to get too modern with yeah. our choices. Yeah. Um, but after your text about driving it at heart, I yeah. really thought about it, and I got to tell you guys, Deep Blue Sea is driving at heart. It yeah. is absolutely a it's drive-in like movie. The spiritual yeah. successor to Mako Jaws of Death. <laughs> so or, much more. Or Dante's, it's so much more exciting or than Joe, that. Or Joe Dante's uh, Piranha. Piranha. Uh, I came this close to actually picking Piranha. But it's in a river and not a... Not quite. Ocean. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not there. But close. they're trying to keep them it's from close. getting to the ocean. It's close, yeah. Deep Blue Sea is a movie that and we'll get into it a little bit yep. later, but like, I will always remember that theater experience. Yeah, and there are a handful of movies I think everybody at this table remembers seeing in the theater. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. did you get a handy during that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I, the old handy. I this one in particular. <laughs> Is just will go down in history as being <laughs> go down in history. No pun Deep intended. Deep blown C. <laughs> no pun intended. Deep blue B L E W C. But it, it's like one of the ultimate like audience movies. It really is. All right, guys. Look, this is 1999, directed by Rennie Harlan. Fuck yeah. Uh, written by Duncan Kennedy and Donna and Wayne Powers. Whatever. Uh, and this. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And what a cast. Uh yeah. we get Thomas Jane. Yeah, uh, he's Punisher. awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh this is pre-Punisher but post Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Saffron Burrows. Oh yeah. Uh that's what I'm Jacqueline talking. McKenzie, but yeah. Stellan Skarsgård. Yep. Mm-hmm. Michael Rappaport. Fuck yeah. LL Cool Fucking J. Fucking Floyd smoked the last of the message. And of course, he survived Halloween 7. Of course. Samuel L. Jackson. I'm sick and tired of these, these motherfucking, motherfucking sharks, sharks on this, on this motherfucking, motherfucking planet. All right, guys. This is the synopsis for Deep Blue Sea, in case you don't know. Researchers on the undersea lab Aquatica have genetically altered the brains of captive sharks in order to develop a cure for Alzheimer's. Perfect. Mm-hmm. But there's an unexpected side effect. <laughs> the sharks have become bigger, <laughs> smarter, 
and more dangerous. After a storm damages their remote facility, the team find themselves in a desperate fight for their lives. This movie owes a lot to Jaws 3. It does. It's not just Jaws 3, but all of the Jaws movies are homaged in this film. Yeah. Like this, like the scene where the, with the, shut up. This is my movie. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Brandon. Guys, I'm, I'm going to look, I'm going to run through this movie fast because I feel as though that is fitting for this movie. Yeah. We get. I'm just gonna skip. I'm gonna skip it's a lot stuff. of this. And bullshit they ain't great here. white sharks. They're mako sharks. They're mako that's, that's sharks. Right? Yeah. Um, a little bit different. Which first, are also lamniforms, just like great white sharks. First and foremost, but smaller. The secret underwater sea lab that this movie <laughs> is set in is in the year 2000. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. It it's goes down cool. deep levels. Levels. It's completely impractical there is no reason that they need to be out in the middle of nowhere to do and what LL they're doing cool J's the chef that's got the fucking bird that's With okay bird. that makes sense the logistics of where they're set up doesn't make any sense is outrageous it it, it's insane um and that's okay because we would have no movie without it but guys we get a mako brain serum extractor i mean this movie is like sci-fi to the max it's It's very like it delivers i it's i'm all over the place with this movie look okay i don't even know where to fucking honestly i don't even know where to start with how about we just start with this let's just start with the practical sharks they're fantastic walt conti built the sharks for deep blue sea these things were self-contained, Jesus not Christ. not um, on a track like the Bruce the Shark from Jaws, not um, constricted by wires. They were remote controlled, self. There wasn't an umbilical for these. I nope. thought there was. Nope. So they're like freestanding, free animatronic swimming, fucking animatronic Jesus sharks. Jesus Christ! Remote controlled. Remote sounds controlled. Dangerous. Absolutely insane. Like, it, it, and they look awesome. They do, yeah. And, yeah, like, you know, it's it's outrageous. It's ridiculous. They Mako's, like, they're way bigger than any Mako would ever be. Yeah. But, like, it's okay. They... Well, you know, there's two different sizes of Makos. Yeah, I do know. They're, gen- um, they're genetic. They, they're not this big. And, uh, but they are, the Makos are the fastest shark um, in in the shark world. Mm-hmm. Um, which sucks for these people. They're fucked. Um, anyway, these practical sharks are incredible. They they are absolutely incredible. They're amazing. And the thing about this movie is, while it hits these, be- this is like an era. It hits these adventure beats, but this movie is fucking hard R. And it this is, is like Rennie is. Harlan at peak. This is Harlan. This is like Verhoeven shit. This is like yeah. Die Hard Two with sharks. This is so much better than Die yeah. Hard Two. This is Rennie Harlan has I gone like back Die to his he, he has gone back to his nightmare for also actually now he's closer to his prison roots on this movie. Oh yeah. Prison that's right set yeah. in one location, 
very actually Crazy. surprisingly similar <laughs> to this movie. But guys, yeah. But when Gina Davis saw this movie, she said, "That's it. We're getting divorced." You think yeah. it was Deep Blue Sea that broke them up? Did, yeah. It, it she, wasn't Cutthroat Island. I think she was like, "I'm going to stay with this guy because he's like alpha." <laughs> <laughs> guys, we get this was his second chance, and he failed. And he failed. We get shark psychouts. We get arms ripped from torsos. Oh, fuck. There's a scene in this movie. <laughs> Is it Skarsgård when he gets like his arm ripped there, There's a scene, <laughs> Nigel. Oh, fuck. Where a shark grabs a hold of a stretcher. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. tosses the stretcher into an underwater lab window a la Jaws 3D. That is, it's... And not only does the stretcher smash Stellan Skarsgård uh, apparatus s- splinter cause a fissure in the glass thing and sp- spoiler alert he dies it also spoiler alert fucking everybody dies in this movie everybody except um, for hold on but not only does the shark throw a stone scars guard at a window underwater he drags a helicopter to kill John Turturro's sister oh, that's <laughs> and true yeah okay the movie <laughs> Not as cool as Jaws 2. The helicopter explodes into a tower, and then all of a sudden... All right. We get these huge sets, these beautifully built sets that become flooded with water. And I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I love a set that gets flooded by water. Like like in the abyss, like when when the thing floods, I can't watch it. It's like intense. Can I tell you about that? It's intense. Yeah, we actually have real phobias about (laughs) drowning while Brandon has fake phobias about fucking underwater robot sharks. (laughs) I just want to say, like it's so easy to go on and on about this movie, but like I I just want to kind of breeze through here. And this is the movie where Thomas Jane has the really big dick, right? Yes. Huge. Yeah. Um, Big dick. The reason why I will always remember seeing this movie in the theater in 1999. Is Samuel Jackson getting eaten by a fucking shark? Yeah. It's easily the greatest surprise death of all time. Right? In movie history? It's hard to top. Yeah, I mean, he does. He says the fucking famous line, I'm sick of these motherfucking sharks on this motherfucking plane, and and then the shark eats it. Here's, I just want to tell you exactly what happens. So I saw this movie in the summer of 1999 at AMC Veterans 24. Okay. Okay. And I remember exactly where I was seated. I was like more toward the back of the theater. I was with my friend David Gonzalez um, and probably Chris Rutherford. And we were seeing every movie that summer as we always did. When Samuel L. Jackson is in mid monologue, gets ripped apart by the shark. I remember vividly the entire audience. Were they like? Don't, no, no, no. It was the loudest. Thi- I have never heard an audience react so insanely. Of now, like, were they reacting to like the scene on screen, or you shitting your pants? A little, probably a little bit of both. No, they didn't see me. I was in the back. But I, what they happened? Smell it, what I remember was I I stood up in the theater, and I remember <laughs> holding my hair like this, and and for like. Five minutes after like, that scene happened, I was what like, "What is happening?" Oh. And what's ingenious is that Rennie Harlan knew 
that that was going to happen. Oh, yeah. So the next five minutes of the movie are the most inconsequent. It's like fucking bullshit. It doesn't matter what anybody says because you're going to be fucking screaming and then tittering for like the next five minutes. It was... um, Rennie Rennie Harlan knew what he was doing. It was incredible. I just think it was... it was just an incredible move. Yeah. Um, we get uh, uh, flooding elevator shafts <laughs> complete with falling and burning debris. I love these kind of underwater set pieces. I love yeah. it when like people are having to escape water. Yeah. It's just super exciting to me. It is. We also have um, vulva biting sharks. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Oh. Jacqueline McKenzie, oh. poor thing, falls into the water and then is right. like... Pushed out of the water by oh, a shark that biting her, Donald Trump style. I, I, <laughs> I had almost forgotten about that. Now and projecting oh. her up into the camera, oh, dude. I would love to see fucking Rennie, Rennie. Why have you not converted this movie into 3D and then we release it in the theaters? The world needs it. This movie should be fucking redone in 3D. I would who, wa- who doesn't want to see a shark grab somebody by the pussy? <laughs> It's a, built, um, it's a built-in audience. Speaking the, of, the Republican other thing I, I really remember from this movie is that this, like, you know you know when movies just treat animals like they're the most sacred objects? Like, you know how, like, people, like, when, oh, yeah. when a, a dog gets killed, everybody's like, <gasps> Doggy. and they're like, and then a person, I, like, a, a child gets run over by I know, a car. I know where this is going. And people are like, yeah, well, yeah. But the dog in the Toxic Avenger gets shot. It doesn't matter. The kid's head gets crushed. It doesn't matter. But the dog is the thing. This movie has a parrot get eaten by a shark, and the parrot is a fucking asshole, and it's fucking incredible. And I, I love the parrot. I never thought that I, was going to happen. I don't know. I love the parrot. I was seriously disappointed, honestly. It's like, I thought the parrot should live. I love the parrot. And LL Cool J should, you know, go the way of... I, I think it's just a major or, fucking yeah. crime yeah. that LL Cool J lives... And Ernie Hudson dies. There's a reason I LL. With, I agree with that, guys. There's a reason LL lives, and I'm going to save it to the end. Okay, L- just L- just L- just bear with me for just a few more minutes. I just love that bird. We get a baked shark, um, which I don't know if you've ever had as a ex- wonderful delicacy. No, that the whole well, oven yeah, set Jaws piece too. We get a baked that, shark. Yes, too. we do. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, the whole oven set piece is with LL stuck in the oven. That's really is good. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's just it's like a Spielbergian like that just is, escalation of like awful things. That is very He's good. there, it's flooded, the shark's ramming him. Fuck, I'm stuck in here, but now all of a sudden the shark hits the knob and the gas is coming through. <laughs> and he's like, it's Oh my amazing, god, I'm gonna yeah. die like this. Yeah. He has to axe his way out. That's pretty and good. It's it's just it's yeah, wonderful. It's crazy. It's crazy. You guys, we get Underwater electrocution complete with Twitchfoot. <laughs> it's a great band, Twitchfoot. Um, we get a saffron, saffron brown panties, neoprene striptease for, for no reason. No, for perfect reason. Well, well, she has she, to electrocute does, the shark. She has to electrocute the shark it's naked. The perfect culmin. Okay, and you, Chris. Now you know how I feel about like female exploitation, and I, I want to say this because. Similar to Leviathan, there are two things That's that happen right. in Leviathan yeah, yeah, yeah. where, yes. uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Lisa uh, Albach? No, no, no. Amanda Pace. Amanda Pace has a scene where she has to cry in the shower. For no reason. Which is fucking stupid. Com- it's, so, it's completely 
exploitation. It just yeah. it feels yeah. so pervy. And yeah. then there's another thing where she's like has to strip down so that uh, Richard Crenna can check her for yeah. uh, bruises. And then when she gets in the suit at the end. Oh no, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. When she gets in the yeah. suit at the okay. There's some there's some butt cheek. Okay. So yeah. Savron Burroughs does something very similar, but the difference to me is that while it it is very clear that Rennie Harlan is a red-blooded um, male hey. who's like, we're going to hey. get this beautiful woman in her underwear. That's how they do it in Sweden. It actually kind of makes sense. Actually, because it's like an electrical... It's like an electric- She stands on her neoprene wetsuit so right. that she can That's pull right. a... I mean, it's stupid and it doesn't make sense, doesn't but it's like the combination... It's like exploitation meets... It sort of uh, makes sense. Practical yeah. electrical engineering. Pragmatic like, <laughs> electrical engineering. It's like, exactly. we can exploit her with science. It's just... It's funny to me, yeah. and it never really... It doesn't come across as like... Old man pervy. It's it just feels pervy, like no. no it's well, not. and also she's so remarkably vapid as a character that you're just like, okay, can we please oh, kill her? That's now? mean. Um, she's no Amanda Pace. We get a, a a crucifix in a shark eye, and look, guys, I don't want to really read into religious symbolism too much here. But, uh, you know, when the Pope saw that, he was like, demonic shark. He made some phone calls to Hollywood. Demonic shark. We get Chris. You said it earlier. A surprising saffron death. Oh, that's right. What the fuck? You're looking at you're 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 looking at all of this. I as don't if, think like, it's surprising. That's right. She dies. She's a despicable character, she's and she has to be fucking. I don't you think, I don't you think would never. Th- she is. It, it's like she's, she's a sneaky, she's conniving kind, she's, scientist. I agree. Who cut kind corners of, and but, therefore has to die. Dude, yes, but the thing is, is this is a fucking Hollywood tentpole yeah. movie, and you would. It's subverting all the. You don't kill the animal. You, you kill, kill you, the black. You co- don't uh, kill cook. the black you, guy. No, you, you kill the black. You cook. You don't kill the hot girl. You don't kill the love interest. No. And they, they, he's Rennie's just like fuck it. He's like, I'm going to kill all of them. Fuck it. Watch how I do this. This is how we do it in Switzerland. Um, you get a battery charged shark explosion. Uh, and of course, we also do have a Rennie Harlan cameo earlier on in the movie. Got, look, oh, bottom line do? is this: I, that that's really all I've got. The movie is a true it, crowd pleaser. It does work. Yeah, I will always remember seeing it in the theaters yeah. and watching how that crowd responded and reacted to that. Yep. And I remember every time I watch it now, I fucking love this movie. Yeah, and it, Chris, it, yeah. the reason why LL Cool J survives the bird, no. I don't know. No. It's so that he could sing, quite possibly, <laughs> the greatest end credit song in movie history. Not since Puff Daddy's Come With Me has a song so elegantly nailed the nuances of a subtle and subversive film. I'm going to just take hey, a second sure. here, guys, and read some of the lyrics to LL Cool J's deepest, bluest. Do it. My hat is like a shark's fin. <laughs> what? <clears throat> Man-made terror, hungry jaws of death. Y'all don't cross my depths. I'll pause your breaths. I cause you to sink down 40,000 leagues. What? Bleeding to death with no arms and short sleeves. What? My world's deep blue. Killers gotta eat too. 
looking for human flesh to rip my teeth through. Is there a more crowd-pleasing song to walk out of the theater to? You don't have to sit and listen to the whole thing, but when you leave that theater and you that know. song starts to play, you know, you know that you have just been witness you've to been, the Rennie Harlan masterpiece. You've been served. That is Deep Blue Sea. And what is fascinating to me is how closely it parallels not just your choice, Leviathan, but bizarrely, Blood Vessel as bit, yeah. well. Oh, I ain't going to knock it. I, I agree wholeheartedly. There's amazing yeah. parallels every movie, between all three of these films. Every movie needs a little help. Deep Blue Sea is maybe Jesus. the last insane <laughs> tentpole summer movie ever made because that was like 98 99 so yeah that and it got too safe after that yeah like it was like fucking yeah. yeah the last great rennie harlan movie and because I, I remember like people talking in 90 like talking about blair witch and deep blue sea those were the two they were talking about uh-huh both yeah. of those yeah look Fuck. deep blue sea is it ticks all the boxes for me. It does. It, I, I have the little jolts of terror because of my submechanophobia. It has it's a greatest hits of all the Jaws movies right. with a wonderful late 90s Rennie Harlan sheen. Jesus. Incredible visual effects, special yeah. effects. The CGI is... <laughs> it's a little dodgy. Okay. Okay. But the practical stuff but, is good. And yeah, I remember is, yeah. Rennie Harlan... I, I remember the, the Blu-ray special features of Rennie Harlan being like, I challenge you, <laughs> anybody who see this Athena, uh, to fine. tell what is a real we and what is a fake. so much more than what they had during the Jurassic Park. It Why is Rennie Harlan all of a sudden like a small Italian man with a high-pitched voice? Okay. <laughs> Um, He's Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Watch my film. It's a Mario. Uh, anyway, guys, I love Deep Blue Sea. It's pretty good. Uh, it's really good. It's yeah. great. It's not really good. It's, it's the best. We watched it in a pool. Oh, that's right, Nigel. You and I, we watched it whilst floating in a whilst pool. floating in a on pool. On a giant screen. Of our own phlegm. it took a while to fill that pool anyway that's all i got guys honestly that's all i've got for deep blue sea i I just i i I love the movie so much um yeah it's pretty good and i feel the thing is this you guys we've got a double feature yeah of maritime horror to program it's hard and there are incredible choices here one a it's movie hard, that it's hard to very few people i feel have seen yeah. and another movie that just <laughs> it's okay to love it it's okay to love it yeah. what nigel are you going to pick the the, the right. this is on you my friend okay so i honestly i have a, a big gooey chewy center soft spot for creatures okay so I would I would choose ooh this is this is tough. Um I would kind of choose No, it's not you have to. Okay, I have to. We've got a legion of mutants and mad people out I, there I who are begging for okay. an aquatic terror double feature. Okay. They're very mad. They're very they're, I don't know what they're they're insane, not happy and they're, they're very mutant. They're, yeah, they're insanely happy. It's they're, crazy. They're like in, there's parts of them that are drippings with unhappy <laughs> they're delight. Insanely oh, drippings with good. Dripping. Uh I'm gonna have to go with obviously with Leviathan and Oh, that's off. yeah, of course. And and I I'm kinda leaning towards Blood Vessel because of the creature element of that. Now 
Deep Blue Sea is a great movie, and it's got creatures in it, but it's it's I I I, I tend towards the like the over the top. Sure, what creatures. Blood Vessel fits the scheme of weird creatures. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea is like pseudo real. Oh my god, I, I do love it. Hold but. on, I fuck. We didn't get to talk about this. There's a scene in Deep Blue Sea where because the sharks have been genetically modified because they're super smart mm-hmm. they are suddenly now able to swim backwards yeah oh oh yes 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 yes, yes. <laughs> i got to tell you guys i ha- i had the most vehement argument with uh, a family member a cousin of mine about that scene where i just went look it's doesn't matter how smart you are <laughs> just because you have super brain doesn't mean you can fly right okay and my cousin was like, no, Brandon, the shark is smart. It knows how to swim backwards. We had the the most insane no. argument where I'm like, the, the fucking fin propels it forward. It yeah. moves left to right. It can't. It, it's, it can't. Its pectoral fins would have to turn to a different degree, it, and it would have to do it can't, this kind of thing to it, go backwards. It can't back up. No matter how smart it is, no matter how many characters in the scene say, did you just see that? You tell me a shark is so smart it can swim. It's fucking, it's insane. Did you hear that? The shark goes, beep, beep, (laughs) beep, beep, Backs right on up. Oh my God. Anyway. Like a dump truck. I love that the movie just is like, yeah. right, you know, because it's smart, it could do this. <laughs> it's fine. Because it's fine. Arnie Harlan says, uh, I want the shark to is go backwards. Is she not tells me yeah. that it's it Arnie Harlan. It's Arnie Harlan picture. <laughs> All right, so Nigel, your choice. Yeah. Your so final decision. I would, I, leaning into the creatures and, and, and stuff like that, um, and and uh, I would go with Leviathan and, and Blood Vessel. I, that's my... It's because Nigel is a classy guy. I love monsters. Guys, there you have it. I love monsters. We have a double feature of Leviathan. Leviathan. And Blood Vessel. Blood Vessel! Now, guys, what are we going to put on the marquee? What is this double feature of aquatic terror, maritime monstrosity, commotion in the ocean, dark wave... Up from the depths, Jesus. creature feature gonna be called Foamy Homies. <laughs> <laughs> Dead in the water. Nigel. Oh, that's good. Did you just. Dead. That's it, excellent. That he just, just pulled that, that just, out of his ass. That just popped out of my ass. Okay. Like, like on an, the marquee. Like an alien. Dead in the water. Dead in the water. Directly underneath it, Leviathan and Blood Vessel. You guys, I don't know about you, and I don't know about you listening, but I would fucking bite Stellan Skarsgård's arm off if it meant I got to see this double feature with a huge audience. Or bite Peter Weller's dick off. Well, I've done that. Well, who hasn't? I mean, who do you want me to say? Hey, 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 hey. That's the late 80s for you. Hey, let's not be mean. Let's not be mean. Remember, wherever you go, there you are. Exactly. Don't be quoting Ben Lovett here. That's not Jesus. Ben Lovett, motherfucker. It is Ben Lovett. <laughs> did he quote Peter Yeah, Lovett? he did. Oh. Did he really? He did in one of his songs. That's incredible. Good on his Lord. incredible, wonderful album, Jesus. The Highway Collection. Check it out. It's supposed to have come out on vinyl, and that hasn't happened. Good Lord. Ben. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Wonderful choices. Nigel, fantastic. I'm so glad we got to talk about underwater it's horror. Fantastic. This Thank has been, you, this Nigel. Has been, this, this has, has been, been one of the very first things yeah. that Chris and I, when we started the Jesus, show, we, we were like, we do like underwater yeah. horror. This yeah. was like the first thing on our Every time we would explain the show to people, we'd be like, so if you chose underwater monsters, yeah. we finally got to do it. It's a niche that everybody should be into. Only took us like four years. Yeah. Just four seasons mm. in, and here we go. Like, like a favorite kink that nobody wants to talk about, that's what we do. Well, guys, that wraps up another episode of Dead City Drive-In. I would like to thank our special guest programmer, Nigel Sykes. Thanks, man. Thank you very much for having me, for putting up with me, for my rambling bullshit. It was wonderful. Once again. It was again, very watery shit. <laughs> watery. It's very watery. It's all water under the bridge as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, guys, I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And remember, at this drive-in, if the cars are rocking... It doesn't mean that somebody's fucking. They're probably getting murdered underwater. Want to have words with the management? Email us at deadcitydrivein at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future episode. And hey, why not rate and review Dead City Drive-In on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show, keep the admission free, and splatter just the right amount of slime and sleaze onto our mutant-friendly drive-in screen. Under 17, not admitted without parent.